Welcome to Talk No Jutsu. I'm Smug Donuts here with my wife, Spiral Fishcake, and we're here to talk about anime. Anime is an important part of our culture. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the best anime of 2021 and our favorite anime that we watched in 2021. And then we're going to talk about some anime we've been watching recently, like Demon Slayer Season 2, Komi-san Can't Communicate, My Senpai is Annoying, Howl's Moving Castle, and many more. All right, well, let's get started on our top 10 best anime that came out in the 2021 season. So like Smug Donut said, we're going to start off with the 10 best anime from 2021. So this is any anime that came out in the 2021 season. So including winter season all the way to fall season of 2021. So we're going to start off. We're going to go from our 10th best one all the way up to our number one. Number 10. (laughs) So what is your number 10 2021 anime? The 10th best anime in 2021 is Adachi and Shimomura. This one, I wasn't sure if it was going to make the list, but after much deliberation, I decided to include it. This one just felt really special, especially at the beginning when they're just first starting to get to know each other. They're sitting there, they're playing ping pong. I thought this was just going to be a ping pong anime. I've already watched Scorching Ping Pong Girls and that was great. This was not about ping pong. I already have my all-girl ping ping pong anime so i guess i can't complain but this turned out to be more of just a slice of life slash yuri anime it was good i really felt like one of the characters was very i'm not going to spoil it but i really felt like one of the characters was very dramatic a lot of the time and then the other character was like very chill and like didn't care what was going on and it was really funny sounds like a nice balance of personalities yeah so what's your number 10 So my number 10, to be completely honest, I feel like my list is a lot of just my favorite ones, but I also think they're the best ones, so I think it counts. But anyway, I have number 10, and this is probably just number 10 because we've only watched five episodes of it so far, it would probably be much higher. But my senpai is annoying. I have that as my number 10. I have that one much higher in my list. You know, I just (laughs) felt bad putting it higher than other anime I've completely finished. It's so good though. The characters are all great. Their relationship are really endearing to watch. I always feel so warm and fuzzy afterward. It's just so cute. I feel like I've seen other anime that's also very cute and adorable, but there's just something really special and fun to watch about this particular one. Yeah, I already knew where this was going in my list at episode one. (laughs) So my life was better afterward. I felt like there was a hole in my heart that was empty and now it was filled. But what if it like tanks completely in the second half? It has a second half? Oh, I've just been rewatching the first episode over and over again. Oh my gosh. gosh. (laughs) That's all I need. Okay. So what's your number nine? Bottom tier character Tomazaki. And I know some of these don't feel quite like they're up with the greats, like AOT and all that kind of stuff. But I like a different kind of anime than most people, I think. I, I don't really get too deep into like, oh, is this anime like have really great action? Or like, does this anime have the perfect jokes? Bottom tier character Tomazaki is, in my opinion, really good. But also I could see if some people thought it was, it was more of a throwaway kind of anime. I kind of feel that way about the next anime. I watched as well. I feel like we just picked them and we watched them for fun. 
Platinum Tier character Tomozaki was, I feel like, underrated. I know it came out at a time where there was just a lot of other really great stuff out at the same time, but we had fun watching it, and his character development was really amazing. I loved seeing him start out as just this awkward, self-conscious gamer guy who just plays Smash all day, or TAC fam, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I feel especially close and, to it because we're really into Smash Brothers. But yes, yeah, so seeing him go from that to what he develops into later on, I just really liked it. And that character development is, I think, what really blows my mind about it. He really goes from somebody who cannot form a sentence around girls to somebody who, like, legitimately grows up, is able to hang out with friends, is able to understand in-between-the-lines kind of conversation. And overall, it's just a really good time. The reason I put on my list is that I just really like anime that put me in a good mood. When I'm watching it, I can just feel it. I'm like, oh, wow, this is making me laugh. This is making me happy. This is just a really fun and good time. And this is one of those animes that made me feel that way for sure. So I'm sure you have this one on your list somewhere too. But my ninth one is Nagatoro. Definitely on my list too. Much like my senpai is annoying. I love the character dynamics between senpai and Nagatoro. Like I found it extremely endearing and I love their relationship. I thought it was very cute. I like how protective they are of each other. I like how much their bond grows over time throughout the show. I just really was not expecting it to be as wholesome and adorable as it was. I don't know. I just thought it would be more like an Uzaki-chan kind of a show. Yeah. After watching Uzaki-chan, you really go in with a certain set of expectations. Yeah. Especially since I was telling you, hey, this is just another kind of teasing anime. It's just one of my favorite ones. Yeah. And I mean, nothing against Uzaki-chan because I do like that show still. Excited for season two. Me too. But Nagatoro is just different. Like their relationship is just really cute and adorable in a lot of different ways. And I just like all the small moments that they have between the two of them and I thought that that was a lot of fun to watch. So my number eight is Full Dive. I almost view this as kind of like a trashy anime for some strange reason. I can't believe you have this on your top 10 list. Like of all the good anime, it came (laughs) out in 2021 and you put Full Dive on there. It's not a good show. Okay. What'd you rate it? Because I rated it a six out of 10. I don't rate the anime like that. I think I would rate it like a seven or eight. Okay. I mean, I haven't watched that many 2021 anime. I know. I know you haven't, but I just can't believe it. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Like, I've only watched so many. All right. I'm sorry. I judged you. Keep going on about Full Dive. (laughs) It was an entertaining show. I just felt like Full Dive was one of the only shows I watched where every single episode, something actually happened. And that killed me in other shows. Every other show I watched, I felt like, oh my word, nothing thing is happening in this anime they're not progressing they're not getting smarter their relationships aren't getting any different the situation isn't getting any different and in that show every episode gets substantially worse for the protagonist he goes through a lot man yeah you're just watching the first episode and you're like okay he's playing this game you're gonna get used to the world now and without even seeing the world he's already killed his best friend and i'm like okay (laughs) and in the most like ridiculous way yeah i don't want to spoil anything else for you but that's what you're getting into if you watch full dive (laughs) i feel like you're not gonna watch it unless i tell you some stuff okay (laughs) yeah it's I mean, I heard nobody talking about this anime this year. Like, It's worth watching. I don't think anybody I know has mentioned this besides us. Yeah, it's pretty good. It has a few adult themes, so don't watch it if you're too young. But it's pretty fun. It's a real good time. It 
is a good time. And I will give it that. I enjoyed every second of it. There wasn't a second where I wasn't smiling and having a good time. I will say, I feel like a lot of isekai, besides, you know, Konosuba and stuff, show how great it is in this other world. But this shows, I mean, he's playing a game, so he's not technically transported into the world like a typical isekai. But it shows that just because you're in this escapism type of game doesn't mean that your life's going to be better. <laughs> that was a fun concept. I just want to say, I think that this wins the award of the anime that I just think was the funniest without any romance or anything else involved. There might be a little romance. I don't know. In terms of pure comedy anime, this is definitely it this year. It was so funny from the beginning to the end. I had a lot of other comedies on my list, one of which made me laugh way more than Full Dive, but that one had romance elements, so I'm not going to quite count it in the same category. It's more of a rom-com. So what's your number eight? This would probably be higher on other people's lists, but I have it at number eight, so Mugen Train. Oh, that was incredible. It was really good. I rated it like a 7.5 out of 10, which I know is kind of low. I know a lot of other people were calling it like 10 out of 10 but i mean we've talked about demon slayer before on our podcast and i think i overall rated that show like a seven and i felt kind of the same way about mugen train while i did enjoy it and i loved the rengoku fight i mean that was incredible absolutely animation amazing the fight amazing the whole thing was great there were parts of it though that I just wasn't like totally in love with so it's hard because I felt like that movie had 10 out of 10 moments but as a whole it was not a 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 movie but I have it on this list just because one it I mean if we're talking about like the best by far that was a super successful movie right everybody loved it It it's very successful it was a great movie even though I feel like I maybe didn't enjoy it as much as other people I feel like it does deserve the respect of being on a top 10 best 2021 anime list. So my number seven is Dragon Maid S and I got to give it to Kyoto Animations. My number seven is Dragon Maid S too. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Boom. I guess we can just talk about it then. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. So for the record, I'm a Kyoto Animations super fan. Love everything that they put you out. really do. And to me, that should tell you a little bit about this, that it's at number seven. KyoAni stuff should be at number one every year, period. That's how I feel. To me, part of the reason why I put this on the list at all was that there's just something so warm in my heart about the idea that I knew that they are recovering from that big attack. Yeah, um, from their fire on their studio. Yeah. And I know that they must have banded together to put out Dragon Maid S. And so quickly, too, watching another Kyoto Animations show after that happened, it just made me feel so happy for them that they're still out there inspiring people, making people happy and all that i knew that must have caused them so much damage but watching the show i really felt like there were a few episodes in there that still had that kyoto animation spirit and love that they put in where like when kana goes to new york yeah like when kana goes to new york i felt like the new character was good better than i thought she would be i was very skeptical of her of ilulu but i like her and i like the boy I, i don't know his name oh yeah the boy at the candy store that she starts working at yeah, and I like how the dragons are developing over time. I guess I shouldn't be spoiling the entire thing during our best anime section but i like the characters is what i'm trying to say it's just that i've seen dragon maid season one and it was just so good like i would put that in some of my favorite anime of all time and dragon maid s i just felt like there wasn't enough advancement in the characters and in the story the ending didn't leave me super satisfied either i won't spoil that but i felt they could have given us more but at the same time this definitely deserves to make the list because the animation was still 
still incredible. They just nailed it with the it's animation. It's just a slice of life anime about dragons. And they have some of the most incredibly animated scenes. Some of the fight scenes are better than I've seen in any shonen. Yeah, like and bring it on, AOT. it's just a slice of life anime. Bring it on, Demon Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Eat your heart out because you got some competition good with luck. Dragon Maid. Yeah, it's a good thing that KyoAni doesn't ever do a crazy big shonen anime because they would just wipe the floor apparently. Yeah, everybody else would just be crying because they're so inadequate comparatively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of other shonen animes, what do you got? My number, number six, six is AOT. Really? Attack on Titan. And I'm not a very big shonen fan. I, I watch know. plenty of shonen because that's all there is. Well, and I love sh- <laughs> I love shonen. I love shonen anime a lot. We watch it together. The final seasons of AOT so far has just been really good. It's been really high quality. It's been really engaging. I would put it higher on this list, like I think I did last year, but I felt like it didn't quite live up to some of the previous seasons of the anime. It feels like on a grander scale, I guess, but the story and the characters, there were some disappointments in my opinion. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I feel like the anime anime is at a lower quality per se in terms of like animation and stuff it's just it didn't hit the same way like watching levi tear through the watching that levi one fight that one time i don't want to i want to spoil it yeah anything. watching levi but fight always hits for me like that was one of my favorite moments in all of anime period yeah like, that's true probably the best action moment in my opinion <laughs> In season three. Yeah. That was a great season. But you're comparing yourself to the greats here. (laughs) So I have AOT on here too. I won't tell you where, but it's on my list. And I see what you're saying because the highs in the season were like incredible. But I felt like it took us a long time to get there. Agreed. Except for that first part. That was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. The beginning, there was cool moments. I do feel like it could have been better. And I think it's hard because season three, part two for us was like the best, most incredible. Yeah. For season real. of AOT. So just to come off of that, we watched it like right before this came out. We didn't watch AOT before when it was currently airing. So we had just we had that finished. fresh on the mind. Yeah, fresh on so the we mind. Like, season one's great. Season two, okay. Season three, fantastic. Right. And season so, four. Yeah, mm, just directly comparing them, I think it made it just a little harder. bit different. For sure. So my number six is Dr. Stone's Stone Wars. This is another one that, like Dragon Maid, I felt like wasn't as good as the first season, but I still had a good time watching it. Who doesn't love watching Senku build tanks and stuff? That was just cool. I had a great time. I love watching anything that Senku does. Anything he builds, I'm down to watch it. I really love Stone Wars as well. It didn't make my list, but I was really thinking about it because I love Dr. Stone. And this second season, it felt like it kept up the average quality of the first season it's just it didn't have the high points and to me the feel of the first season where it was like "Ooh, i'm learning so much and now it's like "Ooh, i'm confused why he's talking about mario oh my gosh okay watch it and find out what we're talking about (laughs) but anyway i think too maybe there's something fun in the first one about seeing him build all this basic technology and then in this it just gets so far away from like reality (laughs) in a way that you're like okay i mean i feel like the first season was rooted in things that he could actually do and everything in the second season i mean it was still scientific right but it just felt a little bit like did this really happen like could you really do this so fast i don't 
you have the biggest brain on the planet, but like, really? Like I said, still a great time. I love watching Senku build anything, but I think that element of realism was a little bit lost in the second season. Not that it's a super realistic story anyway, but like the realism of the science itself, I felt was a little lost in season two, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So on to the top five. Ooh, top Ooh. five territory. Let's go. And what do I like more than Attack on Titan? I don't know what. What could it be? My number five is Girlfriend, Girlfriend. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I watched like two episodes of this with you, and I cannot believe you have this above Attack on Titan. I have not finished the whole thing, so who knows? Maybe it's brilliant, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. What is what's up? That's how I feel when watching Shonen with you. So, <laughs> so I cannot believe okay, you would put all okay. that above these great <laughs> slice of life shows. You're right. You're these right. These great rom coms. <laughs> You're right. I'll leave you alone. You love your slice of life. I love my shonen. Everything is fair. I get it. So, girlfriend, girlfriend is about this guy and he has a girlfriend and then he gets another girlfriend <laughs> that's the whole thing <laughs> that's the story so, so much better than you know <laughs> an anime about war and you know real life issues real life issues <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so um the reason i thought that this was so special is that legitimately i felt like i could not stop laughing <laughs> i felt like i felt like that anime was so funny <laughs> like every second of it i was just cracking up and it felt so relatable too you haven't seen the character that i really like as well they introduce a character a little bit later on that i thought was really special and who is very committed to her goals and the main character is kind of dumb but at the same time he tries to be the purest person that he can be and the, like the nicest person that he can be he's a very honorable guy and he wants to be true to himself and that's the most important thing to him and he doesn't want to lie he can't lie to anybody how is he honorable he's literally like and he's too tired listen girlfriend, His girlfriend i want to have another girlfriend i met this girl over here she wants to be my girlfriend you down with that are you okay but with it's that? really funny because it just puts this guy who like it's very clearly a really nice guy and that's all he has going he's for him not a nice that is guy. all he, he has going for him girlfriend is that he he's a nice guy girlfriend. he's not smart he's just nice and so his the the girl likes him because he's nice but then he wants another then that's girlfriend. not nice that's sleazy <laughs> and it's so stupid <laughs> i'm sorry so you put it at number five the, you put this in your top five the anime has to be stupid for it to be funny sometimes okay you cannot watch nichi joe and not understand that i like animes to be stupid that is very true that is very true you do like really stupid humor <laughs> yeah there's just way too many moments where i'm like how is this possible what is happening <laughs> How How is this still happening? These girls will not let up. They will constantly try to be vying for his attention. It's weird because they're like really good friends with each other and they let each other know that. But at the same time, they're like very clearly bitter rivals for his attention. And they, well, they yeah, do not. They're trying to date they're the not, same guy. They're not happy. They do not want to be girlfriend, girlfriend. They want to be the only girlfriend, both of them. Well, yeah. It's really funny because they just cannot get away from the fact that they love each other, the girls, but at the same time, they hate each other. 
Oh it's like so obvious that they cannot stand it. And not only that, but I forget the name of the blue haired one. She is so lovable and kind and pure and amazing. Her backstory was really, really good. That's what probably why it lands on this place in the list. I, I went in thinking I was going to like the red haired one. And then I really liked the blue haired one. And I knew she was going to be the favorite. And then the blonde haired one, I was like, whoa, she's my favorite. So anyway, that's Girlfriend Girlfriend. Go watch it if you haven't. It's worth it. I'm going to show it to you when it gets dubbed, hopefully. Hopefully. If not, we'll watch it subbed. Okay. It's really good. All right. I'll, I'll trust I'll you. Do trust have to you deal with it... the fact that it's weirdly like two timing. But what harem anime isn't? Like they're not addressing the fact that literally every other harem anime is just like this exact same no, thing. No, no, no. Okay. We don't have time to get into this, but I wholeheartedly disagree with you on that. All right. Whatever. Wholeheartedly. Okay, number five, Fruits Basket, the final. I feel like we cannot talk about a list of great 2021 anime without mentioning Fruits Basket, the final. Agreed. It was a fantastic final season. We have loved Toru Honda for years, and seeing her story finally come to an end was really emotional, beautiful. This anime is beautifully done. I thought it was fantastic. The characters get a lot of development. Toru just uses her magical healing powers of love to make everything better for everyone, and that's pretty much the whole thing, the whole final season. I agree, and I do think, as well as mine, I think that Fruits Basket deserves a place above Girlfriend Girlfriend on my list as well did you put it on your list above girl, girl, girl? <laughs> <laughs> i just don't like it because i don't like the direction that the story goes with kyo and i felt like that whole situation could have gone a little better you gotta let go of your anger and your hatred towards kyo man i just have a lot of it so. i know i know you're still not over it i'm very not over it i know i get it and i also feel very protective of toru so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all <laughs> <laughs> But I still thought it was beautiful. Agreed. It was in- incredible. It's super highly rated on Mal- on my anime Didn't list. Didn't it too, make it to number right. one at one point? I don't think it made it. Well, maybe it did. I think it did. It's at, short it's at a nine right now, which is really high because I think that Full Metal Alchemist is at a 9.14. So anything above a nine on, on Mal is really good. I don't know why I know that specifically <laughs> about Full Metal Alchemist. But anyway. My number four is the Demon Slayer Mugen Train movie. I like this, I think, more than you like this. I agree. I think you you had a better time. I think that this could have been a 10 in my head, but I felt like up until the final fight, it was doing what it needed to do. The setting was really compelling. The intro was really powerful. They introduced the characters and made you like them. They explained the train and like they were like, ooh, there's murder happening. Who knows what's going on? They do this really cool thing with Tanjiro where they like show his nature in some way that I thought was really interesting and cool. The animation in the train was so good and the train was such a good set piece and as a non-finale piece of animation i thought it was really good then came the ren goku fight and it didn't really have a set piece along with it they just kind of fight i totally disagree i loved that part i thought that part was incredible the animation of the actual fight was incredible but in terms of the finale of one of the highest budget movies in anime i felt like i wanted to be more wowed and i was wowed 
I was wowed. But I've seen what they've done with some of the environments in this anime. Their environment with Muzin in one of the places that Muzin is in. I don't want to spoil that either, but there's this one oh, place Muzin really is in cool. that's so cool. And then they fight on the ground in some grass. And I'm like, man, okay. I could. They I, fought I in the train. And in the train, they had all these cool camera, whatever stuff. Yeah, that all the fighting that happened I in the train felt was really cool. As though the finale deserved this really wowing thing. Something more. I felt like it was comparable to a lot of the other fights in Demon Slayer where they use really cool breathing techniques. And I mean, the ending was really touching and all that kind of stuff, but I wanted more. I felt like Rengoku deserves more. He's such a cool character. So, But it still sounds, I mean, top five. Yeah, yeah. And this is a shonen. So that's a big deal for you that to is have a, very a shonen big deal above for... girlfriend, girlfriend, even. <laughs> Don't dare say that. I can hear the sarcasm in your voice. Oh, I'm my sorry. Word. I'm so sorry. Well, I... Look, I ranked my top three first because I knew that those three would be my favorites, period. Mm -hmm. I love those three a lot. And then the one right under that is just what I think is the best anime this year, period. And so that one's not a favorite or anything like that. It's just I think Demon Slayer is the best anime this year. It was really good. It was just incredible. Well, my number four is Welcome to Demon School Iramakun Season 2. And <laughs> what? I, I've been... <laughs> Where did this come from? I love this anime. It is so cute and wholesome. I haven't seen anything about it. I love it. I think you might actually like it too. Although you're not so much into like... Demons. Demon school stuff. But anyway, I was getting very lucky this year. Uh, I would watch something and then I'd find out that it, it had a season, season two, two coming out like that not that so long. Cool. And this happened with Irumakun. So I was so excited. And the first season I loved. The main character, Irma, is just so cute and wholesome. And then season two has some really great moments with him and just really great character development between him and his friends. And there's a part where he, so all the demons have an evil cycle. He's not a demon. He's a human. Oh, I walked in on mm, this. You I did. You did this. walk in on this. But his, his evil cycle is like so not that yeah, evil. He it, just gets more aggressive. For him it is. For him he it is. He just gets more aggressive. But his familiar causes him to have an evil cycle. But anyway, so that whole storyline was just really entertaining to watch. I loved it. It was so great. And then the relationship between him and the romantic love interest is really good too. I loved seeing that. She's so cute. The two of them together are just so precious precious and every time i would watch it i just felt like it would make me smile it just put me in a really good mood i don't know what it is i just feel like it's wholesome and nice to watch and i don't really hear anybody mentioning it or talking about it but i feel like everyone should because it's a great watch if you haven't seen it already i would highly recommend it if you want to be happy it makes me happy every time i watch it maybe i'll show it to you one day so my number three, Ooh, top um, three, number three and number two, we have not finished. So <laughs> I feel a little bad putting it on okay. my top 10 list when for all I know, it could bomb in the second half. Um, <laughs> but, okay, what's your number three? Um, number three for me is Komi-san Can't Communicate. We've literally watched three episodes of this. Four what? now. It's like 
shield hero can't you say after the first four episodes that was such a good story and it was so touching watching the end of the fourth episode just now it was and then philo came into the picture and ruined everything so who knows maybe that will happen with comey we'll find out yeah but shield hero was still my favorite of that you're right year you're right. remember you're because right. of the first four hey comey is great comey is a great anime these anime feel special to me because i i, I was following them from when they were a manga comey san i have read further in the manga so i know i like it my number two i have not read any of the manga really i've just been following but to me komi san is like such a memeable character especially is how i feel she is a super beautiful lady sometimes but she does the almost like umaru-chan thing where like she turns a little chibi sometimes and like her eyes all of get her, all big all of her reactions are so cute she's just such a lovable character and tadano is such a lovable character too his flower and his hair looks a little doopy we still love him anyway yeah we still love him and i just feel like all the secondary characters make me laugh a lot everybody in that show besides komi and tadano are like crazy though i swear they're all wild especially the most recent one we watched in episode four Oh my god! She is really wild. And you'd think that it couldn't get any wilder than episode three. They just keep getting crazier and crazier. I feel like what they have is really special. I feel like this is one of those anime that is going to have a lasting impression on the industry where people are going to be remembering Komi for years to come. So I feel like she deserves a top three spot. My number three, which I feel is a very underrated show that came out this year, and that's Nomad Megalobox season two. All right. <laughs> you watched the last episode of this with me. Yeah, let me say Nomad Megalobox season two is easily my number two as well, based solely <laughs> it's number on the three. last. Number, my number three. Based solely on the last episode. I only watched the first few episodes of this other anime, so I can say... <laughs> The last episode is enough for me to say that I really liked Nomad Megalobox season two. It was just so powerful how it all ended and also began for me. So this is such a different season than season one. And at first it was kind of jarring just to see the stark contrast of where he is in season one, where he's this like guy who's fighting for a goal. He's Gearless Joe. And and you just find him rising up and rising up in the ranks. And it's just this awesome story. Season two, he is like rock bottom. Nothing's going right for him. He doesn't have the coach anymore. He doesn't have kids around him anymore. Like he's just in this dark, horrible place place and so it's just this different story and this different vibe but I found the story of him finding himself again through fighting again and and repairing relationships and everything I just found all of that like really awesome to watch and it was really touching and it was really emotional it was a great anime with a lot of great themes and an emotion in it and I thought it ended really well even though it was very different from the first season I had a great time watching it it was really good I wish more people had seen Megalobox I personally really like fighting anime I don't know how other people feel about fighting anime but I really like it and I think Megalobox is a really good one. I feel like it's not just a fighting anime. There's a lot within that about characters and all the character development and everything like that. There's more to it than just the fighting and that's also something I really appreciated. So it's not actually my number two. I lied. (gasps) What's your number two? My real number two is My Senpai is Annoying. 
which we are in love with. I know it. I said it. It was at my number 10, but it's so cute. This is getting very personal. I really love My Surprise Doing. I feel like it's one of those animes that I will rewatch one day. I'm not a big rewatcher. I don't know if I've said that before, but I basically never really rewatch anime unless I'm showing it to somebody. But My Senpai is Annoying is just so special. Feels like every moment that I watch it, I just feel really happy. There's just something really special about the two of them. I agree. It is very wholesome and heartwarming and sweet. And I know we haven't seen it at all, but I'm very excited to see where it continues to go because they just seem like the most adorable anime characters I've seen in a really long time. I feel like they're my friends or something. <laughs> like I want to know yeah, how, they, how their relationship is going to go down. I feel very invested. Also, there's just not enough workplace romance animes in my life. I need more of those. Maybe not workplace, but just adult We romance. need to watch Wanakoi to the other. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I mean, I've already seen it, but I would love to show it to you because it's a good one. And also, I really like how Futaba is short and her senpai is tall. I really can't get over it. Whenever I see her just being really cute, it just makes me really happy. My number two, Attack on Titan. Okay, honestly, I only have, of all the 2021 anime, and I've watched 28 this season, of all of them, I only gave one a nine and seven an eight or a nine. So I feel like this season wasn't popping off a whole lot. So even though Attack on Titan is number two, I gave it an eight, still have some issues with it. I have it at number two just because some of the highs in that anime for me were like too hard to ignore, like how amazing they were. Like some of the fights, some of the reveals, the, the character development. It was just too good, even though I felt like I had to wait a while, even though I feel like there were moments that were kind of whatever to me, even though there are things that some of the characters are doing that I'm like, that's the decision that you're making? Okay. The highs were just too good to ignore. Like I, I had to put it at two. Attack on Titan deserves a high spot just because it was a really good anime. It was a good season. So I feel good having it at number two. So before we get into our number one picks, I wanted to go over some honorable mentions. I wanted to mention these because their highs are just so high. And specifically, My Hero Academia Season 5, I felt like Toga's episode where she has her really powerful moment and gets even stronger than before. That part and that reveal was just so awesome to me that I wanted it to be on my list. But Season 5 is not my favorite season of My Hero Academia. And I don't really consider it higher than all these other things. I'm not even really that big of a Shonen fan. So I didn't feel great putting it that high up on the list just for that one moment it was still a good season though overall I would that was say one of my favorite solid. moments in anime this year though it yeah. was so cool the toga scenes were amazing yeah the animation was really cool it really was really captured the manga what's your other honorable mention my other honorable mention is Star Wars Visions. Specifically, I liked Trigger's first one on there, the twins. And that episode was so hype. Trigger always nails it. I feel like I could gush about that episode for a long time. It was amazing. That episode alone was fantastic. Star Wars Visions overall, I thought was pretty good. Some of the episodes were hit or miss, but yeah, I felt that like that and Lop and Ocho were both really high quality. But yeah, Studio Trigger's episode though, my number one favorite for sure the twins the lightsaber parts were just so cool if you haven't watched it skip the rest of star wars visions just watch the twins episode <laughs> it's so good it really is i feel like if 
if it was a full anime, that would be number one on my list. <laughs> oh, for sure. I was so disappointed when I discovered that the whole Star Wars anime wasn't just It's an anthology. Trigger. Yeah, oh well. Okay, well, I will say my two honorable mentions then before we get to our number ones. I will say ReZero Season 2 because part one of ReZero Season 2 was really good. It probably would have been on my top 10 list, to be honest. The second part was not my favorite, but I still feel like it deserves an honorable mention because I feel like ReZero is just a really good, solid anime and it does some really interesting things this season and some of the parts of the season were really good and really interesting parts. Even though I did feel like the first season was better, I still feel like it deserves an honorable mention. There's a lot of good Subaru character development and of course it gave us Echidna, so gotta be appreciative of that. And then the other one I want to shout out is Two Year Eternity. This is one I feel like many other people might have on their top 10 list of best 2021 anime. Might be your favorite anime of 2021. Yeah, it might even be some people's favorites. It was a good, solid anime. I want to honorably mention it because it gave me my boy, Gugu, who I love and think is a great character. And I love seeing him in that. And so to me, it deserves an honorable mention just because of him. He deserves the honorable Gugu mention. Gugu deserves an honorable mention. <laughs> Gugu only. Not, the, not to your eternity itself. Just Gugu the character. That's it. So those are my two honorable mentions. So what is your official number one anime of 2021? I think you know what it is. I think I know too. <laughs> I think that anybody watching this has known who it is. There's a big um, hole. Yeah, We're there's missing a big something. <laughs> missing something here. Yeah, my favorite is Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, or as it was known in the manga, Don't Bully Me. If you watch the first episode, you know that Toy With Me is not what she does. She definitely bullies him. But yeah, this is one of the first manga that I read when I started to get into manga. I started following this and I was really hyped for it to become an anime and when it finally did i was blown away by the first episode i did not expect that level of production quality from something that at the end of the day i thought was just kind of like a weird this is gonna be for people who like people getting teased i just did not expect it it was like back in the day i used to be really into and i still am really into moe anime and it started out where moe anime weren't this big deal it just wasn't but then over time it got more and more production quality and they're more and more anime about him and I was like whoa that's so crazy that this thing that I really liked but I didn't think other people would really like became such a big deal and it was a shock to me that something that I really loved and was so particular that I thought that only I would really love it that they put such love and care into capturing how that manga felt I was not disappointed in all by the adaptation I felt like they nailed it and I felt like that from the beginning where they really captured how it felt beginning to the end where I felt like it all came together and I think we're even going to get a season two. We are getting a season two next year. Confirmed. 2022 is going to be wild. 2022 is going to have like a thousand anime. coming back too. It is. Yeah, especially after also watching Uzuki-chan and I was like, yeah, this is good, but also felt like I was left desiring a little something. This definitely every episode I was just looking forward to it completely and fully like yes this is going to be great and every week I felt like I was blown away even more than the previous week so they nailed it I loved it thank you to whoever made Nagatoro <laughs> that was great <laughs> and definitely another character that I will never forget yeah it was really great I always look forward to watching the episodes too every week it was fun watching that weekly so my number one 
is maybe an odd pick, maybe not the most popular odd, choice. An odd pick. <laughs> oh, I, I see what you're doing. I didn't mean for that to be a joke, actually. It's odd taxi. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean for that to be a joke. I felt like that's so clever and sounds so planned, but it really was not at all. I've been paying attention to what anime <laughs> exists this year. <laughs> So, Odd Taxi. I was recommended this anime by one of my friends on Instagram. They loved it. I was like, all right, let me see what this is all about. And I was watching it. I'm like, I just, I can't stop. I love it. And for me, sometimes it can be really hard to get into subbed anime just because I'm sure, so used to watching sure. dubs. But this was super easy. And the main character, Arakawa, is just, he just drives a taxi and he's kind of pessimistic about stuff. But the things that he says are so clever and funny. I just love him. He's just got a great sense of humor and he meets all of these people. And the show is so interconnected and there's these mystery elements that are really good and he meets all of these different people and that's really cool. And I have never seen something that has all of these different little like story elements to it and all these threads of different things going on come together in such an amazing way where all of those threads are somehow resolved or come to some interesting conclusion and my mind was just completely blown I was just like how is this possible how are they like creating mysteries solving them wrapping them up in this really satisfactory way and introducing all these different characters along the way and giving them enough screen time and giving them enough of the story fully developed I don't know how they did it it's not a long anime so I was just super impressed by this and it's unique it's different than a lot of other other shows I've seen before. I was entertained the entire time. I had some really cool animation moments. I just really loved it. I had a great time watching it. I'm so glad that I, I decided to follow the recommendation and go watch it. It was really good. So speaking of good anime, that was ones we watched that came out in 2021. Let's talk about our favorites that we watched all together in 2021. So this is just anything that came out at any point in time that we ended up watching in 2021. And I know I haven't mentioned this in a while, but my goal this year was to watch 150 anime. Currently, as it sits, I've watched 142 anime, so I'm very close to my goal. We're also very close to the end of the year. We are. So obviously, in the next eight anime I finish, maybe I will find a fantastic anime that will replace one of these top 10. But for right now, I feel pretty confident in my top 10 list. So do you want to start with your number sure. 10 for anime we've watched this entire year? My number 10, again, Kyoto Animations can't be under top 10. So Dragon Maid S has got to be number 10. That's how I feel. It's a great choice. We've already talked about Dragon Maid S, so. We did. My number 10 is a movie. Shut up. Yes. <laughs> Before this year, I had not watched a lot of anime movies. So this list actually has quite a few anime movies on Same it. So with that's mine. pretty cool. Getting into movies and, and watching some really good ones. So my number 10 is a Ghibli movie. And it is Whisper of the Heart. Totally unexpected. Totally fell in love. It's about this girl chasing her dreams, being a writer, and it's just very relatable. And I really loved watching it. You loved it too. Yeah, I know it's absolutely. Like, I'm assuming it's probably on your list somewhere. It is somewhere. My number nine is Nazca of the Valley of the Wind. Another Ghibli movie. And we're going to see that a lot 
in this list <laughs> of mine. I'm, I assume yours as well. Maybe. There's just something really special about Nausicaa. It was the first one we watched. I kind of feel like Miyazaki has not strayed that far from Nausicaa since it came out. It feels like he has grown a lot, but at the core of his movies is a message of environmentalism and of really powerful women and of amazing worlds. And I feel like you could see that from the very beginning. And I felt really inspired when I watched Nausicaa. It just felt really special. And then as, as I watched the other ones, I was like, this is really good. It reminds me of Nausicaa. I will say there are a lot of movies on here. There's a lot of Ghibli movies that are not on this list. And I want to call them out because I really like them. I enjoyed watching Totoro. It wasn't my favorite. I really loved Howl's Moving Castle, but it did not have a place on my list. I like Porco Rosso and Pom Poco. Those were really good as well. But I'm calling out that I really like Nausicaa instead of those films as my number nine. Because when I was watching Nausicaa, I just felt this sense of magic as I watched her go through the terrain. Things were like shining all over the place. And I felt entranced by this world i felt that way in Howl's moving castle too but i just like nausicaa better the setting is super cool in nausicaa i have to say i just felt really entranced by certain scenes in nausicaa it felt really special and i love that so nausicaa makes it to my number nine this year my number nine is akira and this movie was an insane mind trip the animation is some of the best animation i've ever seen in my whole life period it was incredible i don't know i I don't know what else to even say it was such a a unique experience i mean i left and i kind of felt like what did i just what happened i'm not totally sure i don't care it looked really amazing the whole time visually it was just stunning and unique and I've never seen anything like it. And so I'm really happy that we watched Akira this this year because there's just something about it that felt very special and mind-blowing. How did you feel about it? Akira is really awesome, and I'm going to talk about it in a bit. Okay. But my number eight is Komi-san Can't Communicate. I feel like some people are viewing this as just another seasonal anime, but I think you got to understand that this is one of those anime that I'm going to watch over and over again, I feel like, that I think is really special. To me, every episode is precious. I love Komi. I feel like they nailed it with her character, like this really beautiful girl that everybody thinks is amazing but actually has trouble communicating. The moments when you see her and Tadano-kun writing on the chalkboard, that is such a powerful and cool moment. It could have been this really cool anime movie, but instead it's this really cool anime TV show. And that's why I I think it's really special and it, it lands this place on my list. My number eight is Dororo. I feel like Dororo was a really emotional anime in a lot of ways. Like, yes, it has these really amazing fight scenes that I absolutely love. But the relationship between Hiyakamaru and then Dororo, it's so special. And it was really heartwarming to see them sticking together. Both of them are like outcasts in their own way and don't really have families or anything like that. And so just seeing their relationship grow together was really really added that layer of what made it special because I feel like there's a lot of shows out there that shows me great action has amazing fight scenes whatever like there's plenty of anime like that but I don't feel like there's enough anime that's like that that also has a really important emotion to it or heart to it and I felt like that with Dororo and it was just a really special animating experience I'm really glad I watched it I'd started it and then I kind of stopped after a couple episodes because it does take a little while to really ramp up but as he starts going 
thing. And as Hikamaru gets his goals started and starts moving along with his relationship with Dororo, it starts really getting good. I appreciated it. And it has a fantastic last couple episodes. I'll just leave it at that. I loved Dororo. So my number seven is Akira. So right back on that conversation. <laughs> All right, right. <laughs> we put Let's it get like back right on the about at the same, same place. <laughs> Wow. I think that the animation in this movie is my favorite animation all year, period. Yeah, I like, would agree. It's amazing. I can't even exp- I I can't explain I was just watching it. walls crumbling and all this kind of stuff, watching the motorcycle scenes. So iconic. My mind was being blown. Like, I did not feel that way at any other point this year. I was jumping out of my seat. How absolutely spine tingling amazing. Like, I don't know. It's like shocking how good the animation was. And it's a 90s anime. Oh my God. This is not new at all. So, I mean, so good. what they did back then was incredible. Honestly, if I'm really trying to be objective, I think Akira, along with one other anime, might be objectively the best anime that we watched this year. Akira is just that good. But it didn't touch me emotionally the same way that some of these other anime did. And so they're going to end up higher on this list. I would agree. It was so incredible, though, visually. You have to give it credit somewhere on that list. My number seven, speaking of emotions, this one was so hard to rank. I'm like, where do I put this? Grave of Fireflies, another Ghibli movie. Why didn't I put that on my top ten? Oh, no. I know. My top ten's been ruined. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That one's clearly better than... Okay, sorry. I wrote this previously. That should be in my top ten as well, above Nausicaa, very clearly. But Grave of Fireflies is so hard to rank because it's probably the, I mean, it is the most emotional thing I watched all year, maybe even ever up there with Clannad after story. It's so different than any other Ghibli film. Like it's a war movie and you see this brother and sister and everything that they have to deal with after their town gets hit during the war and they suffer all of these tragedies, just one after the other. And it's just so painful and so emotional to watch. And the movie starts you off and you kind of know what's going to happen from the beginning because they warn you but it doesn't matter it's still a very emotional film it is so sad but it is such a beautiful movie visually emotionally and personally i really like movies and anime anything that really makes me feel something this really hit me a lot emotionally so definitely did its job of doing that it was a great movie definitely deserves a top 10 on my list Speaking of movies that make me feel something, number six on my list is Perfect Blue. Oh, that almost made it to my top ten. I still, I'm still back and forth on that one. That one is so good. I felt like the way that the director of this movie tied together all of the pieces and made it this really cohesive mystery thriller that actually made you feel the way the main character felt. Look, Barrel Fishcake and I, we used to do this thing every year in October where we would watch horror movie after horror movie. (laughs) Every day, we'd watch a different (laughs) horror movie. That was was my idea. (laughs) I've seen my fair share of thrillers. I've seen my fair share of horror movies, but I have not seen another movie that has more masterfully manipulated your emotions to make you feel the way that the main character feels. And to me, that was incredible. That is something that I don't think that I have ever seen in another movie before, and I don't think I'm ever going to see in another movie again. And I thought that was so cool. I agree. It makes you feel like you're going crazy. 
Like it makes you feel like the main character's going crazy, but you're also growing crazy. You're like, wait, was that real? I don't know. Did that happen? And, and in the movie, and she's feeling lot, the same thing. A lot of movies do something like that, but it's just not done masterfully. And so it yeah. makes you feel like, instead of feeling like, whoa, am I going crazy? You feel like, what's going on? I don't understand. It really feels like, okay, was that real? Could that be real? I don't know. Like, I just feel like I'm on the edge of my seat wondering the whole time. And she's wondering the whole time. I felt really connected to how she was feeling because it's how I was feeling. And just knowing that Perfect Blue inspired a lot of really famous movies like Requiem for a Dream makes total sense. Oh, yeah. Because Requiem for a Dream. Definitely makes you feel the way that the characters are feeling. Yeah, it does. Oh, man. I have a hard time recommending that movie because it's really good, but also really hard to watch. Yeah, you probably don't want to watch it, honestly. All right. My number six, Spirited Away. Another Ooh. Ghibli movie. You know, I had a hard time deciding, should Grave of Fireflies be six or should this be six? And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go with what made me happy. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I've been watching these Ghibli films and all that. This was, I think, before Whisper of the Heart even. And I was just like, you know, I'm not really getting this magic that everyone talks about with Ghibli films. Like I've seen My Neighbor Totoro, like seen Castle in the Sky, and I'm not understanding what everyone's raving about. And then I saw Spirited Away and I'm like, okay. I get it because Spirited Away is so magical and amazing and the world building is incredible. Like I felt like I was transported to this really unique and interesting and special world and I had a great time watching it and I felt like they did such a good job building up all the different characters, even just random side characters. It really felt like they took care and thought into it. Like with the soot sprites, like they have their own unique characters and their own unique little feelings and I love all the scenes with them. And they're not even a big part of the movie, but they took time to make all of these little interesting characters and creatures. And I loved that. Of course, No Face. I loved No Face too. That was a great time. I thought Chizuru and Haku had a great relationship. And, you know, it was was just a good time. Overall, I felt after watching that, like, finally, I understand what everyone's raving about. And that felt really good. And it was just so unique. I see why it won an Oscar. It was definitely deserving of it. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like I was beginning to understand with Mononoke, which is also very close to making this list. But then you watch Spirited Away and you're like, oh. Yeah, that blows Princess Mononoke out of the water for me. Yeah, for me as well. All right. And with that, we're going to get into our top five. My number five is My Senpai is Annoying Again. That's right. It beats out all those other movies. I love My Senpai is Annoying. annoying is above Akira. You heard me. I put it above Perfect Blue. Look, I just really like My Senpai is Annoying. Okay. You know, it's a great show. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I really identify with Akira. After all, I'm a big baby. (laughs) I really identify with Perfect Blue. After all, my, my wife's crazy. No, none of that is true. My senpai is annoying is about a short girl and a tall guy and about how her senpai is annoying. And that's us. I know you find it very relatable and you love it and you love the characters. I get it. It's fine. No need to justify it. I am justifying it. You love it. I love it. You you can just love it. 10 out of 10. Absolutely. (laughs) I would give it a 10 out of 10. Not a question. We like finish it. Some weird, really crazy stuff happens, and it's <laughs> oh like, my wait word. A okay, if if she falls in love with her sister or brother or something, I'm gonna look <laughs> so stupid. Oh my word! I doubt that's, that's gonna not gonna happen. happen. That's not, that's gonna, not happen. gonna happen. We can trust my senpai is annoying. Yeah, we really. can. It's- <laughs> 
They're both adults. It's already clear who they love. Yeah, it's like, clear. Like, it's not going to be weird. Yeah. It's not going to be weird. I'm going to keep telling myself that. It's not going to be weird. It's not going to be like Shuffle. It's going to be fine. Oh, my word. Watch Shuffle if you haven't, okay? I don't know. I would want to recommend that anime to people. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, I well, have, we have like a hundred times. It. We've recommended it a ton of times on, it's, this, it's, on this podcast. Never mind. It's like our most recommended anime. It really is. Well, because we... <laughs> We were I so will... bamboozled. <laughs> anyway. just got to watch past episode 19. <laughs> yeah, just got to keep watching. You'll find out what happens. It's interesting. It's a fun time. You'll love it. <laughs> My number five is this show that I had been wanting to watch forever, Rainbow. Starts out, it's about a prison break, pretty much. It follows these guys that are all cellmates, and then it kind of shows how their lives develop from there. I feel like I can't say a whole lot without spoiling anything, but it was really cool. I think it takes place in like the 50s, so it's got that time period part of it too, which is really awesome. But the characters are just all so fun and interesting, and it has a character in there, Sakuragi, who is a lot like Kamina, so of course you know that I'm going to love this person because Kamina is my favorite anime character of all time. So of course, anybody like him, I'm going to think is amazing. A great anime, great characters, great story. Their relationships with each other is really what makes it great. And I remember I just sat down and binged a bunch of it just because it was just so good and I couldn't stop myself. Definitely would recommend this. This is way too underrated of a show. I hardly ever see anybody talking about this, even though it is really really good all right my number four and it's gonna be a really big surprise that this was not number one because i love it so much is nagatoro how dare i put anything above this incredible wow. anime fake fan i know right <laughs> look I, we just watched way too much ghibli this year we did and right above nagatoro would be grave of fireflies i think if i had if made my had list correctly yeah, and then okay. nasuka would have fallen off the list not Dragon Maid. Dragon Maid's still number 10. <laughs> Dragon Maid's Don't, gotta stay on there. I'm not gonna explain how that works. Doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. Doesn't have to. Annie's gotta remain this is on, your the, list. on the top 10 This is list. your list. It can go wherever you want it to, to, okay. to go. Okay. But <laughs> all that being said, Nagatoro is just something really special that I'm always going to remember. There, there are certain anime over the years that I've encountered that I just know are always going to be in my heart. Animes like Nisekoi and Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun and Golden Time. These are the kind of anime that to a lot of people seem unassuming, seem just seasonal. But to me, these are the kind of things that I would show any anime fan they live on in your when, soul. when they finally are ready to enter their romance phase. Their slice of life phase. We all go through it. Mm -hmm. We spend time watching certain anime in the beginning and then we're ready for a slice and of they're life. like oh i want some of those recommendations because you give me something that's not shown in <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> you're like well here i am this is my time to shine you just open up your book Monthly of like Girls slice of life recommendations. now <laughs> oh my gosh Nagatoro definitely tops the list for me. It's just something really cool and really special and really different. It knows exactly what it is. It doesn't really stray too far from episode one, but their relationship deepens and it's really cool and special. My number four is a classic anime known to be a great anime. 
It's monster. I loved it. Honestly, it's so long. It kind of messed up my schedule for all my other anime for the rest of the year. And so I'd like get going on watching some short anime because of it. But I don't care. It was totally worth it. It was amazing. Like I was talking about with Odd Taxi earlier, this one also has some really great mystery elements to it. And it just unravels throughout the series. And it's really incredible to watch it. And Tenma is a really good main character. And I enjoy seeing his development throughout the process of him uncovering all of these different mysteries and getting so wrapped up in this mystery he had no idea he was going to get involved in with all of these people he had no idea he was going to get involved in just because he made a decision as a doctor that he thought was the right decision and the right thing to do. It's just crazy thinking how one choice led him down this entire crazy path. And also it introduced me to one of the best villains in anime, Johan Liebert. Just incredible. And just their relationship and the way that they go back and forth between the two of them is, is really interesting to watch too. And it does have a lot of side characters. That can be a little hard to follow sometimes, I will say that. But I like all of the different side characters and I found a lot of their stories very interesting. So I also really appreciated that. It's as much showing Tenma's character and how good of a person he is throughout that whole process and why he ends up making some of the choices he does because of the person person he is and you really get to know him and I think a lot of it was necessary even though it felt a bit sidetracking sometimes but it just comes together into this really awesome ending with just some really good scenes so I had a great time watching it definitely deserves number four spot my number three is Spirited Away. Chizuru is lovable and all of the various side characters that tag along aren't necessarily the nicest or the kindest or the friendliest, but they do a really good job of making you like them anyway. And they do a really good job of taking you on a journey over the Red Bridge and making you believe that there is something mystical and magical about the world on the other side. You believe it, you get taken in, you understand its rules, and it does have very specific rules. Each individual part is animated extremely well to the point where I'm having those kind of wow scenes like in Akira where I'm like, wow, they did that really well. And they even have you laughing and empathizing with little soot sprites, which is really cool. That was probably my favorite part. It's just really cool to see her and Haku um, work together and try their best to, to get out of the situation that they're in. Really cool movie. Yeah, it was. I love Spirited Away. So my number three, Berserk, the one from 1997 specifically. Man, I loved Berserk. It was so good. I'm reading the manga for it right now. It's the number one best rated manga. Yeah, well, it's been great so far. And much like Monster introduced me to Johan Liebert, I also got introduced to Griffith, who is just an incredible character in general. I feel like Guts is an amazing MC. Griffith is an amazing antagonist, friend, villain, whatever you think of him as. Their relationship, I feel like, is really interesting and complex and fun to watch. I went into this thinking that Guts would just be this very static, manly, cool, but just kind of a boring main character who just is hack and slash kind of dude where you're like, wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. And that would be the whole thing. But that is so not true. He is a very complicated and interesting main character who has a lot of different layers to him, and a lot of different sides to him. On one hand, he's this really burly, masculine dude. And on the other hand, he's also very thoughtful and kind and gentle. And so I was just not expecting 
expecting that. I was just not expecting the relationships in that anime, either between him and Griffith or him and Casca, who's one of the women in their mercenary group, to be so good and interesting to watch and so deep. And I really loved it. It was way more than just this really cool action anime, which it definitely is. I mean, there are amazing action moments that I absolutely loved and thought were awesome. And um, there's really cool monsters and everything in it too. All very cool. But really what stood out to me is the complexity of all the people in it and the complexity of the relationships between them and what leads to certain decisions that are being made. And it was really good. I mean, I had heard that Berserk was good, but I guess I just wasn't expecting to watch, you know, a top 10 anime when I watched it. I thought it would just be a good anime and I'd be giving it like an eight or something. I was not expecting it to be a nine. So this was a really pleasant surprise. And the manga has been really good too. Can't wait to keep on reading that. I'm at the golden age arc right now, which is what the anime covers. So it's been cool to relive that experience. So my number two favorite, and it's kind of wild to put this one this high to me compared to Ghibli movies, is? but it was just really special to me, okay? My number two favorite was the Violet Evergarden movie. Okay, but to be fair, that movie is gorgeous and emotional. It was hard not to put it on my list and beautiful and well animated and it was great. There's not very many things this year, honestly, that have affected me emotionally in the same way. And yeah, I'm looking through this list that we just went through. And I think that other than Grave of Fireflies and maybe Perfect Blue. No, not Perfect Blue. Yeah, Grave of Fireflies would be the only other one so far that had made me feel so strongly emotionally. But toward the end of that movie, I just really felt deeply emotionally affected by the plot, by all of the strings tying together. Just the art of the storytelling, too, made me cry. Just thinking about how beautiful the story was, just by yeah. itself, and how beautiful the art was, the symbolism of the water. I'm going to tear up thinking about the art again. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm trying not to <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. It's emotional. Art's it. emotional. Art is emotional. Um, <laughs> and just the fact that I know that this is the movie that Annie was working on in that really hard time they went through. And they had to put this out after that. It's just really special to me that they came out with this in 2020 and they came out swinging. And it is just really powerful, this movie. Yeah. I mean, they're my favorite studio, so... To me, my favorite scene, I'm not going to spoil it. We'll talk about this later on in anime we've been watching recently. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but the scene that made it so special was when the climax in the movie, basically, where Violet is running through the rain and yelling, and it's just really powerful. And then later, at the very end of the movie, those two parts are my favorite. And I felt like there is no other anime that both blew my mind in terms of animation, like I've seen Violet Evergarden be beautiful. It is one of those animes that when I think of mind-blowing animation, I think of Violet Evergarden. Oh, for sure. And then the movie was was there too. It did it. It nailed the animation as well. Some of the most beautiful water that I've seen in anime as well. So, My number two is a classic anime that I watched with my friend and it was a great time. Yu Yu Hakusho. I love this anime. I've said it a million times. I love shonen. This is a fantastic shonen anime. Every arc, great. All of the villains, fantastic. The main group of characters, amazing. My favorite 
Kuwabara. I love him. I love his sword. I love his look. I love his heart of gold. I love that he's a delinquent. It's all great and everything I love. Yusuke, the main character, also amazing. I love his attitude. He's so sassy. I love the way he talks to villains and I love all the training arcs, everything. This anime has everything you could ever want as a shonen fan. What more could I have asked for? I couldn't have. There's nothing. It was amazing. I'm very passionate about Yu Yu Hakusho. Definitely one of my favorite shonens of all time and this would make it into one of my favorite anime of all time, not just for this year that I've watched, but just in general for sure. What is your number one? So my number one anime is Whisper of the Heart, which I'm surprised also made it onto yours. Like you said, you love shonen. Well, I love Slice of Life and I love romance. And wow, this is probably the best middle school romance anime ever, period. For real though. I've never seen such a true, this is how it feels to be a middle school. This is how it feels to have middle school crush feelings. This is how it feels to be inspired. This anime literally changed my life. I began to view life slightly differently afterward. I get really hyped about anime that show the creative process and show somebody who wants to work hard but is nervous about it or can't figure it out and has a really strong mentor that will tell them to go beyond plus ultra <laughs> and <laughs> we all need mentors like all oh my this anime it has that in spades it's literally the perfect anime for that kind of thing for a creator trying to try something new and work their heart out on it and the scenes where the mentor is talking are just so powerful and so memorable i might get a geode from my desk to remember that <laughs> so i think that's so it. cool and the fact that this is where the lo-fi hip-hop girl came from it feels so personal so to me um, you love the lo-fi i grew up girl. in the 90s this has a girl growing up in the 90s i identify with this girl so much I grew up in libraries reading books all the time. She did as well. I felt like I was this character growing up. It's a fantastic movie. It really is. It feels so special. The music in the anime feels so special. The relationships in the anime feel so special. And wow, Ghibli just hitting it out of the park. Number one for sure. Even better than the Kill Annie movies I've seen this year, which kills me to say. Ooh, kills me to painful, say. Painful. Painful. Really painful to say. But this is an all-time best movie. So Yeah, understandable. Really easily number one this year since it's going to be in my top ten favorites. Kyo Annie will forgive you <laughs> <laughs> this is probably in my top 10 favorite movies ever of any genre like not just anime whisper of the heart is amazing go watch it if you haven't and you like slice of life so my number one anime of this year and my number two favorite anime of all time my top three anime had been solid for years now this one shook everything up and is the first anime i've watched this year so man i set the bar so high number one vinland saga gosh i love this anime i remember when i was watching it and i would go talk to you about it I'd be like listen you've got you don't understand this happened and you'd be like okay i'd be like but you don't understand it was so cool and he had his he had his knives and he was he was fighting and then there's Ascalad and it was amazing and you're like i don't know what you're talking about but yeah i can't believe that literally i have been introduced to so many cool villains this year alone johan and then Griffith, and then now Askeladd, who's my new favorite villain of all time, or antagonist of all time, whoever you look at him, whatever. And I was just so excited. I, I was not expecting it. 
I'd heard great things about Vinland Saga, but again, like, Berserk, I wasn't expecting to fall in love with this anime. Thorfinn's story is just so heartbreaking to watch, but also his fighting and the action and his relationship with Askeladd, they're all so interesting. And like I said, the fight scenes, man, some of these fight scenes were just so incredible. Like, I still cannot get over that. Like, it has been almost a year now since I've seen them. It's been since January, and and I still think about them and I still get hyped up about them. And that does not happen for me very often. That's how I feel about Gurren Lagann. Whenever I think about Gurren Lagann, like I get so hyped because I think about the action scenes, I think about the characters and I get really excited and that like hypes me up. Same thing with Vinland Saga. Like I just get very pumped up thinking about all the fights because they were just so cool and so good. But it's so much more than just this action fighting anime. There's so many feelings. There's so much character development and I just, I cannot wait for season two to come out because this anime inspired me to read manga. I'd never read manga before. I've been waiting for season two. I kept being lied to about when it was supposed to come out. Finally, it has been officially announced that it's going to be next year. So I'm like, oh, I can't wait that long. So I went and read the manga and this Welcome is the first the time club. I've ever done it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And now I like keep wanting to buy manga. Like once you start people, it's a slippery slope that you can't come back from so be careful when you start reading manga just watch it no hey, you don't have to buy it there are subscription services i know but i had to buy vinland saga hardcover i mean the art's too good it's too amazing wow you really do have a full set of vinland saga I over do, there don't you because i love it so much it was so totally wild. worth it it's totally worth that it. that is our only full hardcover manga set isn't it manga set yeah berserk i have the deluxe volumes yeah but you don't, you don't that that's gonna be so hard to collect no well <laughs> i i i'll make it happen all right took I us like three a, months to get the first volume i already have up to volume five i only need up to volume nine how do you have up to volume five you know you don't yeah, I do. I have one, two, three, five, and I'm probably getting four for Christmas because I asked for it. Okay. So I have four of the five right now. But anyway, besides the point. So I'm guessing that Vinland Saga was your favorite manga you read this year? Yes. So both favorite anime and favorite manga. Oh, yeah. The manga is so good. It made me cry. Thorfinn's story is just so good. Like seeing where he is in the anime to seeing where he goes in the manga is just incredible. And I cannot wait to watch it. And I know people say the story kind of dips, but I completely disagree. I think it's incredible throughout. I mean, it's different, but it's incredible throughout. And just some of the moments in Vinland Saga were so amazing. Like the ending was incredible. So unexpected. My jaw dropped and I was just like, oh my gosh, I need more. I need answers. I need to know what happens next. It was just crazy. And like the complex characters in it, like Askeladd, I think he's just a great, great antagonist and complicated person. And I just loved it. I could go on for about Vinland Saga for like two hours. So let's <laughs> let's let's talk yeah, about. We kind of need to get into the anime we've been watching recently. <laughs> we really do. I could. Although go I gotta on. say, my favorite manga that I've read this whole year so far has been Chainsaw Man. Oh, so true. And cannot and, wait for that for next year either. Yeah, I cannot wait for that anime. But I will say, I don't think I'm gonna like the anime as much as I like the manga, unless they're just that Ooh, good at animating. Fighting words. I don't know what's mapping. But man. it's just because we read the manga together and we do the voices. We have so much fun doing <laughs> and that. I just have so much fun with you. It just feels really special. Oh hey, Nagatoro is gonna be voicing power. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That'll be, that'll be so different. 
I don't know. Our voices that we do are just so fun. Um, hopefully Nagatoro's voice acting will be as good as mine yeah, for powers. Nice try. Not <laughs> gonna happen. Yeah, it won't be even close. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's way more mature for mature audiences. But <laughs> it's so different than other shonen I've watched. The creator of that manga has so clearly just lost it and has decided from the beginning, no. I'm not going to do anything that anybody tells me to. I'm just going to do whatever I like. <laughs> I'm just going to make this character so dumb. I'm going to make his goals so stupid. I know, but I love it. But we he love grows it. and he's so lovable. Denji. He is really lovable. He's so lovable. But he at is. the same time, he's so stupid. He is. But anyway, anyway, okay, okay. this is not this is not what manga we've been reading recently. We will do it on that another time. But now let's get into anime we've watched recently. So this part will get into spoilers for the different anime that we're talking about. So if you don't want to be spoiled, just check the show notes and skip to the parts that you do want to listen to. So first one I watched, which I already talked about, Dororo. I won't go into detail too much about this since I already mentioned it's on my top 10 that I watched this year and then I loved it but the ending the ending is so cool he has this fight with his brother and it's in this burning house the house that his brother grows up in that he didn't get to grow up in and it's symbolizing that they had tried to sacrifice Hikamaru for the prosperity of their land and now their land is crumbling and it was just so insane like seeing him fighting his brother and then they resolve their issues but his brother ends up dying and his mom ends up dying and all these people die to save him and I will say I was a little sad because at the end it seems like him and Dororo go separate ways so that was disappointing to see but man those last few episodes were so incredibly powerful and so so great I also finished To Your Eternity. Last time I talked about To Your Eternity, I talked about my boy Gugu and how much I loved him and how great he is and how sad I was that he died and how terrible that was. Listen, this next part of To Your Eternity was not it. It was kind of boring. It just was not for me, you know? I was really disappointed with how it ended. I just felt like whole arc where he goes off to this prison to rescue grandma character and then gets involved with all these people. It just wasn't interesting to me. I didn't care about the gladiator style fighting. I just didn't care. It was just boring. I was disappointed with how it ended. I feel like after all the stuff with Gugu, it really just took a downward turn. I hope that in season two, it kind of picks back up again and, and gets better because I was not happy with the way that it ended. It made me give this show a lower rating than what I was hoping I would give it. I ended up giving it a seven instead of the eight I was hoping for. But anyway, so we also watched Hell's Moving Castle. We got to go watch that in theaters. Oh my word. What an experience that was. Oh my gosh. So we were supposed to see it dubbed. (laughs) Oh my word. They ended up playing the sub. Then they tried to fix it. Oh my word. So part of the time. It was so weird because we walk in. It's a theater full of people expecting to see the dub. And we sit down and we think that it all is going to make sense because we watched the short film beforehand. We've been sitting there for like over 15 minutes watching stuff in English. But the short film has no words they don't speak it's silent the entire time so the fact that it was subbed we just had no idea because it was silent it was a silent film 
Yeah. It was like this angel out. thing. And no one was saying anything about how it was supposed and to then, be dubbed. So we were like, and well, then I guess it starts I don't know. playing and it's subbed. And you're like, we went to the wrong theater. And I was like, no, this is the right theater. And I'm like, they could have mixed it up. And so we could go to a different one, but this is the right theater. And then nobody around is saying anything. <laughs> Well, and then, like I was saying, they turned on the lights because they were trying to fix it, but they didn't stop the movie. No, they didn't. So it just kept going. And then everybody started talking around us about how it was supposed to be dubbed. And they were like, well, they must be trying to fix it. Yeah, we were like, oh, this is supposed to be dubbed. And the other people, Mm -hmm. they all clearly have a reverence for Ghibli because they were like, oh, it's still good even though it's subbed. Which if you know dub watchers, they probably don't feel that way about watching the sub they would rather hear the voices of the dub especially in Howl's Moving Castle. They kept on talking about Christian Bale the girls next to us they're like we want Christian Bale we want Howl's Christian Bale and we had never seen this movie before so we had no idea who was in it or like we didn't care I mean I didn't have any emotional attachment to the dub or sub really. And then somebody got up and went to talk to people I think that they realized after somebody talked to them that it was the wrong track and so they turned off the audio and left us Luckily, with we just read the, the sub. subs. Luckily, we could read. Just the subtitles. They did not start the movie over. They left us with just the subtitles. This is the first time we've seen this movie. And it was completely muted. We get up to the part where Hal says, that's my girl. And I could hear a guy audibly being like, come on. Yeah, I know. All the girls, too, were like, man, we miss Christian Bale saying, that's my girl. And I'm like... Okay, the guy was me. I, I just wanted to care. <laughs> the guy was me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, that was it? That was the part that everyone talks about? Because everyone talks about like, oh, every girl wants a guy to say, that's my girl, just like Hal did. And I'm like, okay, I didn't get it fully. I will say, I felt like watching that movie. I started out, I don't know how I feel about Hal. He seems pretty cool. Then I was like, you know what? No. Hal, he's good. I'm like, this might be a husbando material. I might be getting what people are saying. I might be understanding. And then... And then he says, what's the point of being alive if you aren't beautiful? And I'm like, bro, I And then for the rest of the movie, he's this emo kid. And he's a he's a bird person. He's a bird person. He's a bird person. I could not after that. I was like, really, dude? Like you just I felt like he And it was never like, switched to dub. No. We never it, we watched we never the whole watched, thing sub. They never figured that out. We yeah. paid for dub. It's okay. It's okay. But the character, I get why girls think of him as a husbando. It wasn't really that vibe for me. It started to go that way, but then just plummeted into to darkness. He's still an interesting character. I mean, I still liked the movie. It was not one of my favorites. Okay, the moving castle itself, awesome. Really Agreed. cool. I would rate that alone by itself like a 10 out of 10. Their love story, I thought was nice. It was romantic. Didn't totally follow it. I also started falling asleep in the movie theater, so some of it might be not totally clear to me. We do own it on DVD. I'll have to watch it again. <laughs> i have to watch this again. We'll have to watch it with Christian Bale saying, that's my girl. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll hit different. It maybe will it'll hit, hit different. different. We'll see. I don't know. It was hard for me to fully enjoy it when... To me, so much of the awesomeness of watching Ghibli movies has been the Ghibli girls are just so cool. And this one's like a Ghibli grandma. Yeah, but I 
still liked her. I thought it was so funny when she leaves the store and she's like, it's not easy being old. And she's been old for like five minutes. <laughs> like, I get that when you're in your late 20s and you're trying to do anything. It's not easy being old. I'm normally so inspired and like amazed and proud of Ghibli girls. And then this one, I just felt like I laughed at the entire time. Like she just had such a good sense of humor. And like, I really liked her. But then like, I didn't feel inspired by her at all. Whereas normally I feel I inspired by Ghibli girls. I get that. But I, I feel like, like you're supposed to feel that way about Howl. Yeah. I mean, he's a cool wizard dude who's like mysterious, but he also like is messy and literally a drama queen. But yeah, I mean, it was very imaginative. It was cool. I liked seeing their romance. I thought it was a good romance. Although part of me does feel like she should end up with the scarecrow prince guy who was very nice to her. Scarecrow Prince guy That's all I'm saying. was OP. He really was. Okay, squ- Scarecrow, top 10 who has Bondos all time. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie. He like straight up like comes onto the scene, solves all of our problems, end of the movie, solves all of the problems of the entire world. And then like Question becomes mark? a hot prince dude. Like, hello, what more could you ask for, girl? More, what more could you want? scarecrow's stationary castle think about <laughs> yeah, it yeah you don't have to move all around i will say shout out to calcifer who is awesome i loved him he's amazing he definitely did not just sound like ozu from Tatami galaxy. galaxy i would have loved him regardless <laughs> shout out to every character in that film except for the old lady that i did not like the, well, the witch of the... the witch the witch lady the one that was like stealing people's the witch of the weast i know that's not <laughs> right i know that's not right <laughs> Witch of the Waste. Oh, the Witch of the Waste. <laughs> I was close. That's where Witch of the Weast came from? Yeah, Witch of you the Waste. You combined Wizard of Oz with Waste? That is like hilarious. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? Leave me alone. Best mistake of all time. Leave me alone. Yeah, she was, she was not she was pleasant. She weird. And I but felt all like the other characters I loved. Yeah, I felt like she was unnecessary besides cursing Sophie. Why couldn't she just curse Sophie and then go away? Why'd she have to be there still? I felt like she played an integral role to the plot, but at the same time, I found her unpleasant and unlikable. And everything she did was annoying. She's the opposite of Mr. Scarecrow. I will just say that. Yeah, opposite. Mr. Scarecrow, OP. Which of the waste? Lame. So I also watched this awesome racing movie called Redline. I know you haven't seen this, but it's kind of like if Space Dandy was like driving a car. Wow, I also haven't seen Space car. Dandy. I know you haven't seen Space Dandy. That's why I said, <laughs> yeah, I know you haven't seen this. <laughs> But Redline had some really cool animation in it. I feel like I don't have a ton to say besides that it had really cool animation in it. It was very unique style and I really appreciated that and I really liked it. And it's a racing movie. I love racing stuff personally. It's not something that I'm like always in the mood to be watching, but I love cars going fast. This had some really unique character design, some romance involved, fast cars, really cool animation, like with really bright colors that really stuck out interesting costume and character designs and everything so honestly it was a solid time it was a good time like i said i I hadn't really watched a lot of anime movies before this year so i've been pleasantly surprised with the ones that i have been watching so that was definitely a good time so we also watched high school of the dead how was high school of the dead so funny I guess I should know if an anime is this inappropriate, but has lasted the test of time to still be talked about nowadays and still be 
this weirdly special anime after all this time. Like, there's got to be there's got to be something it, right? to it. And I gotta say, I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was funny. The characters were likable. The story was good. It had a certain charm to it. And the fan service was a bit over the top. Let's just say that. It was, but the scene where he shoots that gun between that lady's body parts. Oh, my word. Was honestly pretty crazy to watch. Oh like, my word. I cannot. I, I was like, that is insane the and ridiculous. traveling through her chest. Oh yeah, that was word. just ridiculous but i cannot sit here and and act like that was not a great time i feel like anime in my mind would be a different thing if not for that scene i feel like that puts anime in a different category yeah like i would not show that to just anybody it's like hey watch out when you watch anime you might end up watching some weird stuff but that's not even the weirdest thing in that anime. Just halfway through, it just starts becoming very etchy all of a sudden. Just the first like, a- episode's etchy. I know, but like the middle, it just like takes a turn. All right. But I it's gotta... etchy the entire time, people. It is, but it just takes like a turn. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. I have to shout out to my boy, Hirano. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's amazing. Amen. When he got out his nail gun in the first couple episodes, that was so cool. He's like this nerdy dude and you don't expect a ton from him. And then he just pulls out this nail gun and he starts being so cool. And then throughout the series, you see him with real guns and he's just awesome. I totally love him. He's a great character. He was my favorite part of High School of the Dead by far. But yeah, it was a good time. Agreed. I also watched an anime called Ikebukuro Westgate Park. Oh, I was feeling like watching some delinquent anime. Not gonna lie, I like dubs, but I also think subs are just as good. I just prefer dubs because it's just easier for me and I just like how they sound usually. But genuinely, Ikebukuro Westgate Park, I had tried to watch subbed and there's something about the way that they would translate it that just sounded stupid. Like they were trying too hard to be delinquent types, you know what I mean? But dubbed, it hits a little bit differently somehow. I don't know how. It sounds a lot less stupid dubbed, I will say. Like maybe it's just hearing it sounds less stupid than reading it. I don't know. But it was a good experience. It's not one of the best anime I ever watched, but man, I will say there's this part where the one of the main gang bosses in this show throws this hammer up into the air and you think it's just gonna slam down on this dude's head and he's so angry at him and then he doesn't smash him in the head with it, but it was just so scary watching that. It seemed so intense and the dude was so scared so there is a lot of like really cool and interesting and scary moments in that show i think my favorite thing about delinquent anime is when i actually believe that they're delinquents and so it's always hard when i don't but this one i I felt like it was boarding on believability but it had some really cool moments like that one so it was it was worth watching i mean it wasn't one of my favorites but it was it was worth the watch So another anime movie we watched was paprika about dreams ironically i fell asleep during it <laughs> and we had to pick it up the next day. Yeah, we were like watching it on Halloween. I fell asleep. We had to yeah. watch it the next day. Man, that Whoops. that movie sure was something. Yeah, visually like is Perfect very cool. I like Perfect Blue better. Yeah, it's by the same director. Paranoia Agent, very clear ties. Yeah. The exact same music used in both. And I mean, we're not very big Paranoia Agent fans, and this had very similar vibes to Paranoia it's just Agent. so wild. Yeah, I going feel- through that movie and being like, wow, this is so much like Paranoia Agent. 
I feel like there's weird and different like Akira, but Akira always felt like it had a storyline. And then there's weird like Paprika that makes me feel like I don't know what's going on and so I don't care. Paprika had a cohesive storyline that made a ton of sense. It just wasn't that captivating and interesting. Mm, it was about I guess dreams. It, didn't, like... it was about technology. The technology wasn't explained very well. It See, wasn't really believable. It didn't totally make sense to it me. Didn't, they didn't explain why the technology made it so that all the sudden the dreams were reality well and maybe i'm just naive but i don't really feel like going into people's dreams is that much of a, a big deal i mean it's not like inception where they're putting ideas into your head you're just able to go into people's dreams what would that accomplish they weren't just going into people's dreams they were putting other people's dreams into you i mean what's the point of that though I know there were but some like... But into your waking mind. Like short circuit people's brains and like stop them from being able to function. Okay, what was the point though? The point was that like it was this technology thing. To do what with it? See, that's why it was hard for me because maybe I'm missing something. I was falling asleep, so it's very possible. There's a whole point behind it. I felt like the detective story was really interesting. I did feel um, that way. I did felt... like the detective story. And I liked the idea of using it so like a therapist or psychologist could delve into your dreams and help you interpret what they could mean. I thought that was cool that someone else could see your dream. I could see how that could be useful, but I didn't understand all the other parts of it. And I thought we were going to get more of that side of things, not whatever else we got the rest of the time. I felt like the director was able to really make me feel awful the moment that Paprika... They do this thing the whole time where you're like confused about the identity of Paprika and does that one girl is she paprika she is okay well what's their relationship because paprika sometimes talks to her and it's like are they different actually you see that she's really hiding within paprika some of the time and then there's a scene where she's forcefully pulled out of paprika by her being ripped open and it's like disgusting it was absolutely disgusting it makes me almost dislike the movie but i think i actually like it more because of how uncomfortable that made me i was like holy crap that is making me feel something which is disgust toward this man yeah but i mean i feel like it's good when movies or whatever will make you feel something yeah it's just that was so uncomfortable and awful i'm glad i'm not watching that anymore Plus, the old man in that movie reminded me of Orochimaru. He kept talking about that dude's body. He was, was really weird. into that dude. It was, like, weird and uncomfortable. Did he want to, like, take over that guy's body? I'm not really sure what his intentions were with that man. Okay, anyway. I thought it had a cohesive story. I thought that it had themes and stuff. It was all about how technology is dangerous. It's all about how you can use people's, how they feel internally and, like, their deepest darkest feelings against them and about what is real and what isn't real but it didn't make me feel anything really other than that one scene i almost feel like i like paranoia agent better really i ugh, i don't know that's bad because i don't like paranoia agent yeah that much. <laughs> so next anime i watched was astro lost in space you haven't seen it so I won't go into too much detail, but it was really good. Title, kind of self-explanatory. So basically these students are going on a trip and it's something that all these different students do just as a normal field trip kind of a thing. They go into the certain planet. Well, they go onto this and they end up getting lost in space. There's like this weird black hole kind of thing that follows them when they are just doing their routine field trip stuff. And then they end up getting sucked into space. And luckily when they do get sucked into space, there is a space 
spaceship there for them to all get onto. So they get onto it and everything seems very dire, but honestly, they all make the most of it and their adventures in space are really fun to watch and I really loved it. I was not expecting to have such a good time, but I did. All the characters, especially the main character, Kanata, he kind of reminds me a little bit of all of the different characters who are very good leaders and don't get down about what's going on and try to push forward, like the Naruto's and stuff like that. And I like those kind of characters that really have a goal and try to persist and inspire the group to do better and to be positive. I really like that. So he was fun to watch. And I like space. I like stuff about space. And I like seeing the different planets that they went to and all the different life that they encountered. It was really unique and different. And it also had some mystery elements to it that I thought were really good. So that also was a bonus because I wasn't expecting it. There were some twists, turns, some things we found out, and it was good. I would definitely recommend it. I also watched Banana Fish. I'm not over it, even though I watched this a while ago now. I have a lot of feelings about it. I, as I've said many a time before, I love delinquent anime. I love it so much. And this was a great delinquent anime. Like, Ash was this awesome character. He had awesome fights. I loved the scene where he's standing on a truck and shooting. That was so awesome to watch. There's this added layer to it all of seeing the trauma that he suffered and the things that he's gone through and, like, the really dark side of being a part of the world that he's a part of, part of this criminal world and how he grew up and was so horribly abused and mistreated by all of these people. And and so, you know, there's this really sad, sensitive side to this guy who's also this like really cool guy that even the people in his gang are afraid of. And so, you know, in comes Eiji, who's just this really mild-mannered dude from Japan. And they really are so different, but they form this really beautiful bond and they love each other a lot. And then the ending ruins it all because Ash is going to stay out of his life and he's going to let Eiji fly back to Japan on the plane and then he reads a letter from Eiji that he decides he's gonna go back and stop him and it's gonna be this beautiful moment and then he just gets stabbed and he walks to this library where he goes to be alone and he's reading what Eiji said in his letter. He finishes reading it and he dies at the table in the library and it was heartbreaking and I'm still unhappy. I'm still upset. I'm still not over it and I'll never be over it forever. The rest of my life, this is one of the anime that will stick with me, but I absolutely loved it, but I'm still sad. Why'd they have to do it to me like that? Why? I don't know. Why do they hurt me? Why does anime choose to hurt me like this? Like, they didn't have to. They didn't have to hurt me, but they decided to anyway. I'm, I'm not over it. It was great, though. It was a great anime. Definitely one of the best delinquent anime I've watched. So we also watched the Violet Evergarden movie, which I know we've already talked about it a little bit. Violet and Gilbert finally reunite. Oh my god. And it's so sad and so beautiful. And she finally tells him that she learned what love is from him. And you thought he was dead, but he's not dead. He's on this island alone. It was especially powerful for me because you think Gilbert's dead and he's actually not dead. You think Violet ever got as a robot, but she's actually <laughs> a human being. Still on that. Yeah, I'm still on that. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Like you said, all of the scenes were so beautiful. I have to say, I've never seen, I don't think, a more emotional and beautiful reunion scene. Like, she's on the boat, and then he comes from the, the hill or mountain that he was on, and he runs down, and he's yelling her name, and this girl jumps off the boat. She jumps off the boat to swim towards him, and he comes to meet her in the water, and they're both crying and talking about how they love each other, and all their feelings just pour out after all these years and they hug each other and it's just like one of the most beautiful if not the most beautiful reunion scene I have ever seen in my entire life. I was talking about the water and the symbolism of the water and they bring it up at the beginning that in Violet's poem talking about how the water has all these qualities to it how it gives life and it takes life and all this interesting stuff and Violet kind of has to be the speaker for the water and it's so interesting hearing her take on how powerful water is and giving all this emotion to the thought of that water and then you just see water throughout the film and from my understanding at least it seems as though water is supposed to represent the feelings inside the feelings that come pouring out of certain people and are more controlled by other people and it's really powerful to me that scene i, I was talking about it before it's when violet runs all the way up the hill and tries to talk to gilbert but he won't open the door and already that is such that is such a powerful way to start a reunion scene showing a person inside of a house with the door closed and they're talking through it and it's like you know that this person's heart is shut to the outside world and also There's a lot of symbolism but also with the rain violet is being rained on and she doesn't carry an umbrella like she does in the scene that we all also talk about so much the lake scene and the tv show she doesn't carry an umbrella and she's just being completely drenched by this rain and she's just letting her whole heart out towards gilbert saying how much she has wanted to see him and you just see her completely overwhelmed by emotion and it's just coming down in rain it's such a dramatic and such a powerful and like it just comes all at once it like completely consumes you but also it's so sad I felt like that was just such a perfect use of water in that moment. But then you see Gilbert, who's inside the house and completely shut off to the rain. And you see that he will not be rained on. He's undercover. And then he is actually, he's boiling a pot of water. And I thought that was such a cool image mm -hmm. that he doesn't want to admit his emotions about Violet. He doesn't want to feel that. And so he's right. controlling it over the boiler. And like, he's boiling the water water and you just see it steaming up and it's like okay so he's both controlling it under the fire and he's letting it steam up and it's literally going away so he's trying to get rid of his feelings about it i was feeling like there was going to be something with this water like symbolism all the way through the movie and then you reach the end and it's just so powerful and the stuff that they're saying back and forth to each other and then they meet and it's so powerful and she she has to force herself from that water situation and get in a boat which protects you from the water and she forces herself back but he actually swims out begins to walk out into the water to her and she jumps in and just is completely enveloped again and they meet together in the ocean which bookends the film starts talking about the ocean and it ends with them in the ocean that is so powerful the symbolism is so incredible 
I got so emotional thinking about how beautiful that all was. And the animation is just so top tier too. So I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff where they, they literally do not say at all or hint at all about this whole water equaling emotions thing. They don't say it. They just say, wow, the ocean is this really special place. (laughs) Like, like what is all this supposed to be? But it's so clear when you start to understand it. And it's so powerful when you like, I I, I don't know, I should write a whole video essay on this, I feel like, and explain it to people because like, it is so clearly. (laughs) Go write your feelings out. (laughs) <laughs> I should write it in the bath. Hey. You should. It's surrounded by water. It's only right. <laughs> that way you can get your emotions out there. So I watched, which I mentioned earlier, Irma Kuhn season two, which was absolutely delightful, obviously, because it made it onto my top 10 list of anime that came out this year. And let me just tell you, like I said about his evil cycle, that was fun to watch. He was super assertive and he got them to be in this really cool hall that's like the ultimate demons hall, even though they're the misfit class. So that was really awesome to see him do that. And honestly, the highlight of the season for me, though, was him and Ame's relationship, the, the woman who is his love interest. And she had this part where she gets turned into like the opposite of her, where she's like more dainty and relaxed and chill and sweet. And that was really interesting to see. But I loved the part where she gets back into being her student council woman, Lady Satsuki kind of-esque tough self. And I just love her strong woman-ness. It's so amazing. She's such a great character. But then when she's with Irma, the thing that got started with their relationship is that she found out he could read Japanese manga to her and she loves shoujo manga. Once a week they meet up and he reads to her shoujo manga while they drink tea together pretty much. But anyway, they go out on a date. They go out on a date and it's really cute because there's this part where she hurts her ankle and she's like way bigger than him, right? Like solidly probably like a couple feet taller than him at least. And she hurts her ankle and she's like, oh, I want him to carry me like in those shoujo manga, but there's no way he could do it. And he's like, well, this is great because I've been practicing this magic. So he's been practicing magic to make her lighter or whatever he needs to carry lighter so that he can carry her bridal style like she wants to in her shoujo manga. That is so sweet. He's been practicing just for something like this. So I thought that was so sweet. And of course, there's a pool episode. That was their date. Even in ear macoon but yeah i love this season it was fun seeing him get closer to all of his friends clara and osmodius and i feel like it's always a good time with them they're just such a weird wacky little bunch so we also watched nichi joe for you this was a rewatch. for me this is my first time yeah so surprising that a kyohani show didn't make your top 10 what the heck you know <laughs> <laughs> i know you and i have very different taste in anime i appreciate nichi joe Gotta admit, some of those scenes had better animation than some shonen. Oh, for sure. I was like, what's happening? Like, why is this so well animated? I thought it was funny, but I got kind of bored at certain points. 
And I just feel like it wasn't always my type of humor, but that's okay. I can appreciate for what it was. Like, it was a fun slice of life. And I will say, I feel like it captured high school girls better than most anime I've seen. Like, that really is what girls are like. We just derp around with our friends half the time. We, like, don't do anything that interesting. We're just dumb with our friends. Nichijou should just be changed to, like, girls being dumb together, to be completely honest. Yeah, it's almost like it's about their ordinary life. <clears throat> Almost as if Nichijou translates to my ordinary life. Well, you're making it sound like it's not already ordinary. Girls I know, but like, around. sure, but I feel like there's plenty of slice of life that's ordinary. That doesn't capture girls just being dumb together like this does. A lot of things show boys being kind of goofy together, but I feel like girls have that same energy half the time. And a lot of funny moments, you know, I will say. So I appreciated it. If you want to laugh, you should watch Nichijou. It's good. Hard agree. I love Nichijou. It's one of my favorites. KyoAni just in general hits it out of the park every time. And you will not believe the amount of quality animation that they put into random comedy slice of life scenes. I swear. That like would not be funny if not for how well it's animated. If you look at the manga, it's exactly the same. Like shot for shot, it's exactly the same. But somehow they take these completely ordinary events and they like make them crazy and extraordinary every time. And the timing is so incredible. Slapstick is not a thing I've seen in anime. They just don't do slapstick. It's not all that common. Maybe you see it in a shonen every once in a while. Nichijo is the slapstick anime. If you want to see three stooges, but they're high school girls, then I got some stooges for you. I also watched The Case Study of Vanitas, which is a 2021 anime. And it was not my favorite, but it was good nonetheless. I feel like the characters in it are very interesting. Vanitas especially. So basically it's about vampires and then Vanitas is helping out the vampires and he wants to save them from different things, which as we find doesn't always mean the same thing to him as it does to the other main character, Noe. But Vanitas is just very, very charismatic. He kind of reminds me a bit of Dazai from Bungo Stray Dogs. Just like this very chaotic sort of energy. And I like that. I remember you had come in on an episode and you said you liked him and thought he was cool. But yeah, I mean, I, I liked the vampire aspect of the show. It was good. I like vampire shows. I mean, they're not usually my favorite, but I thought that this one put some unique spins on it. So it ended with some cliffhangers, though, with uh, no way encountering this villain and then not remembering. And the villain says, I'm going to use you for like one command. You will follow that one command. So he has no idea that he has that. But season two is coming out next year. I think like January 14th too, so like really soon. I guess we'll see how all that goes down with No Way. It was good overall. It wasn't like a favorite of mine. I didn't love it, but it was it was still fun to watch. It was entertaining. We also watched Evangelion 1.11 and 2.22, and I felt like 1.11 really did the original Evangelions a lot better. Yeah, I didn't really remember Evangelion that well, but watching these movies made me appreciate it again, and... It was really good. I think I like the movies better than I remember liking the series, which might be unfair because I watched this right after Gurren Lagann, so who knows, but... I will say that 2.22 kind of lost me a little bit. I liked that one actually better than the other one. Yeah, I, I just Oscar don't like was the there, new, so... I, mean, I don't like the new character. Yeah, that girl with the glasses. I don't even know her name, but I'm like, ew, get, get out of here. Why are you She's here? She's the illustrious... Something. I don't know. I don't need her. Like, why is she there? I already got Asuka. I already got Ray. We already got two girls. We don't need more. 
Mari Makinami Illustrious. Yeah, I don't need Mari in my life. She's unnecessary. I just feel like Asuka is introduced really well in this one. I felt like her moment where she's fighting and her moves are just so amazing, just mind-blowing. And then she comes to the apartment and she's like, I can't fit even half of my stuff in here. <laughs> and there's this <laughs> stupid boy living here that isn't leaving. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's time for you to go, time Shinji. To go, I'm, replacing I'm replacing you. you. And they're like... Like, and then, <laughs> Misato's like, nah, girl, you ain't. <laughs> like, you gotta Misato's live here together. like, actually, you guys are gonna share a room. I had a really good time. I felt like it honored the original, but at the same time, improved on it in a lot of ways. I feel like there's some parts of the second one that I just, I cannot get over the differences. I guess I just don't remember, so maybe that's why I still, I still liked it, because I genuinely do not remember... I have really liked the scene at the very end where Shinji goes into that rage moment about them making him try to kill Asuka. And then also at the very, very end where he saves Rei. I thought that was cool. And I feel like people always talk trash about Shinji, but this made me realize just how crappy his life is and how much he's forced into stuff that he just does not want to do. And I just appreciated the second movie where he develops more and does decide to get into the robot again, but on his own terms and for his own reasons. I liked how Misato was very supportive of him during that. So yeah, very good movies. I'm excited to watch the other one. So I watched, speaking of movies, another movie, Kuroko's Basketball, the movie. Not gonna lie... I kind of zoned out during this movie. So you know how I've mentioned before, there's the miracle team, right? Where there's like all these fantastic guys on the team and they do so amazing. Well, they all get together again to play against this American team. And this American team is like really rude and just like a bunch of jerks. And it's on this whole other level, right? Than them. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. They like beat these people. Our group of people, our boys just go and like beat them anyway. I felt like it wasn't that interesting to watch and maybe I just felt like I had just watched season three and I'd just seen Seireen really do well against all these basketball teams and get through all of these guys and then just for them to come together as a different team and it wasn't Seireen's team, it was this team. It just didn't feel quite right. And then at the end, out of nowhere... Kagami's like, oh, guys, by the way, my coach once said that I have an opportunity in America, so I'm gonna go back to America. Goodbye. I was like, what? What do you mean? He just goes back to America and him and Kuroko have this like really special and emotional moment together in the airport and it was really sweet. But like, why? <laughs> like you were still in the middle of the year, you know? I don't understand. So you go play basketball with the Generation of Miracles team for a little while and then you just go back to America? I did not like that. So this tainted slightly my Kuroko's experience, but it's all right. I'll just kind of ignore it. You know, I still enjoyed it. It wasn't terrible. But speaking of other things I kind of enjoyed, given that music anime, where they don't really play music. I was like, wait a minute. This is only like 11 episodes and this kid hasn't written a song yet. And it's episode nine. What's going to happen? <laughs> like, When are we going to get some music? There's one song throughout the whole show, the entire series. There's one song. This is supposed to be a music anime and there's barely any music and we kind of see them practicing, but that's it. And then they talk about the main character has a love interest and his love interest had a boyfriend that died and it was really sad and traumatic. But the reason I was having trouble getting behind him and his boyfriend were drifting apart a little bit because his boyfriend was getting into music and he wasn't. And then they got into this fight and this guy drank too much alcohol and he dies. Oh my God. 
Like, I'm like, they get into one fight after being, like, friends and then boyfriends for, like, years and years of their life. And then he just dies? You know, his story was really sad. And it was about him expressing his emotions. It was great finally seeing him express that through song. I just didn't see him and the main character. I didn't get the chemistry all the time. And I just wish there was more music and more chemistry. That's how I felt. So, could have been better. I'm sad because I felt like I've heard that this is so good. And it really was just okay. Another just okay couple shows that I watched that I will not go that much into. Looking up at the half moon. Basically, this girl has a heart issue and this boy falls in love with her at the hospital that he's staying at too because he has hepatitis. And, you know, I wanted to take this anime seriously. I wanted to be emotional. But there kept being this dude, I kid you not, in a zebra mask that would come and save the day randomly whenever the main character was in dire straits. That's so weird. And I kid you not, the last episode, He's trying to like swing into her bedroom to talk to her after her surgery. The zebra mask man has an older brother also wearing a zebra mask that comes and helps. Where did they come? Do they have like a zebra mask calling? Like there's a whole zebra mask family. Is it like a? Is there like a like a bat signal? But for the zebra dude, like I don't understand how he knows and he just shows up. I don't get it. I really wanted to take this seriously, but it was really hard. Their love story was pretty touching and it was convincing, but it was rough. It's the first five I've given in a while. Plastic Memories, also another anime I've heard is like super sad. And that's another one where I just couldn't totally get behind their love story. Basically, the main girl is a robot, essentially. Mm -hmm. The point of Plastic Memories is they, like, help the robots retire, essentially. That's what their district does. But yeah, I don't know. I just had trouble, like, getting behind their love story. I think, too, the tone would be really sad and emotional, and then they would do something goofy, and I don't like that. I just want it to sit. I just want it to be emotional. Like, I don't want the tone to change, you know? Mm -hmm. But I won't go too much into more into detail, because I know you want to watch it. I do. So you watched Laid Back Camp season one. So I tell, did. tell me how that was. For some reason, I was expecting a lot more out of this anime because I keep seeing people talk about it and like I keep seeing people reference it like, oh, this is so good. But I think that it's just that Moe has just become so much less than what it once was mm-hmm. that like now whenever a single Moe anime comes out that people are like, wow, I'm discovering this whole brand new world. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I've discovered Moe. (laughs) I've seen the whole world worth of Moe. So it's like, this is nothing special. (laughs) It was nice to return to my roots, let's say. And uh, see (laughs) another club of people just hanging out. I felt like this one had something special in that it did this thing where it Mm -hmm. included food in this really special way. Where they go camping. They spend time with each other, which is cute. But then they always cook food and they like talk about how to cook food while you're camping or like they're sharing food with people on their trip, strangers they've met or strangers will give them food, which don't accept food from strangers. Yeah, that's weird. If any young children are listening to this podcast, (laughs) but the girls did in this anime and it was cute. (laughs) So, and it did this other really cool thing that I haven't seen in many anime at all, which is that the main character is an introvert and refuses to do anything with the other characters, period, except for this one girl. And I was like, yes, why don't more animes do this? Because it's hard. It's really hard to have your best character not talk to all the other girls. But it's just like, yeah, you go, girl. You go camping by yourself and just hang out by yourself. And you drive around by yourself. And you enjoy life. When people invite you to stuff, you say no. 
<laughs> it was like so life. invigorating to finally have this anime where like an introvert was allowed to be an introvert and it wasn't constantly saying like wow the whole meaning of life is like hanging out with other people it was like no she got to have fun it showed her interacting with the other people over the phone texting with them and it was nice she got to hang out with herself and have some her time and that was cool and the other girls respected that kind of and then would invite her to the next thing and not understand but good she got to be out there living her best life so that sounds like a nice time main girl super cool super great design okay i feel like the girls have to be based on kaon can i say that the main girl is either azusa or mio pretty sure she's mio the pink haired girl is yui like really clearly yui she's a little dumb she's super excitable and she loves the main girl which i guess would be azusa in that situation and then there's this girl with some pickle looking eyebrows that looks just like moogie that works really hard and is really cute and excited about really simple things and then has money because she works and that's really cool and then there's this really excitable one but in a cooler way like oh, i'm trying to be cool but she's not cool and that's the ritsu one it's just kaon and then there's this other girl that happens to come in sometimes and that's clearly not a co i just feel like laid back camp is clearly them trying to do kaon again that's all i'm saying so our next four anime that we're going to talk about are our seasonals. So anime that we are currently watching. So we got My Senpai is Annoying, episodes two through five. So obviously we've talked about how much we love this anime, you especially. We love it. It's been great. One of the episodes that stands out for me for this is definitely the episode where she gets sick and he takes care of her and then she gets sick and she takes care of him. I really like seeing that bring them closer. And then the Valentine's Day episode too and the Christmas episode episode those are all three really good episodes what do you think it's just been amazing every episode is great i love the valentine's one i feel like i just keep on watching more episodes where i'm like oh my god they're gonna be so cute and they're gonna do something amazing and then they always are it's so true they always are it's like oh she's gonna make chocolate but not be able to give it to them i just know it and then they do i love i love yeah. this anime they're so cute. I think the sick one has been my favorite for sure. I felt like that showed them getting closer. It came yes. going to her house, her going to his house. It was really oh, sweet. That was so good. It really was. I cannot wait to watch more. So we also watched Comey Can't Communicate episodes one through four. And Comey got some stalkers. Yeah, like for real, last for episode real. we watched episode four. Like girl had a thousand pictures of her on her wall and kidnapped Todno. He was not okay. She was threatening to bury him in the mountains. Yeah. Call me, girl. Maybe he was in it. Yeah, like you said earlier, she's just so cute and so endearing. And I love how everybody just loves her. And I love her goal of trying to make a hundred new friends. I'm so excited to keep watching that and see how that goes. It's been super cute. I've been reading the manga and trying to keep up getting ahead of the anime. And man, I was so excited for episode four to show you it. It had one of my favorite characters with the crazy girl. I feel like the moments with her are just so, so shocking. She's in every episode previous as a completely normal and popular girl she's, i don't remember her at she's all in the, the first episode as the first person that comey tries to make friends what? with what i don't remember that she's at all. she's in the second episode too she's in the third episode where they try to play a game with comey oh yeah I she's remember one that. of the people playing the game and then she's in the fourth episode as the main character and it's revealed she's a psycho and 
<laughs> it starts out where Tadano's walking on the street like, oh, I'm the main character of this anime. <laughs> and then Tadano just gets kidnapped. Yeah, and then she's like, and I'm she's the like, main character. I'm the main character now. Oh and then gosh. over time, it's like slowly revealed, very slowly, that she just is obsessed with Comey. And then you see her <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like I said, all the thousand pictures of Comey in there. And then it's revealed that she is going to take Komi to her crazy stalker room. Yeah, and then she just, like, goes in and slowly takes all the pictures down and shoves Tadano in the closet and is like, don't say anything. Then she's like, don't look in the closet. I have to go, but don't look in the closet. And Najibi is like... Girl, I'm going to look in this closet. I'm going to look in this closet. (laughs) She's just like... Oh, I'm sorry. Is this some kind of weird thing? I don't understand. I'm just going to close this door. <laughs> and Tadano's like, no, no, I have been kidnapped. Please help me. And then uh. the ending of the episode is just so precious where Komi stands up for herself to this girl. And it was really powerful. And then they have this really loving moment where Komi feels like she's putting him in danger. And he's like, oh, but I choose who my friends are. Just like she said, so I choose who my friends are to him. To it's the so girl who kidnapped It's so Tarno. beautiful. It was. It was a full circle moment yeah and then she forgave him because of najimi and it's like every everybody feels great so we also watched my next life as a villainess season two it says one through six aka everybody's in love with katarina and everybody is still in love with katarina yeah but her and, and prince giordo had a kiss oh my that was pretty God. crazy they kissed a couple times that was insane and then we got a new man on the scene yo that dude rufus he did the arm he did thing? the wall arm the, thing the, the not, wall not, not the wall slam but like the arm oh above word. her head kind of a deal and then she, he like pushed her on the bed he did no, he picked her he picked up. her up bridal style threw her on the bed and then things were getting about to get spicy oh he was a bug bit her neck yeah more like he got on top of her and kissed her neck and i was oh like what word. kind of anime is this turning into i don't know but i was like what is going on oh my on? gosh Ooh, is a spicy rufus is a spicy man i did not know giorgio is... would have like murdered him if he found out what happened i know that oh her whole harem would have gone and killed him i did not know that this is what i needed in my life but Honestly? this is exactly what i want i want more of that whatever that was kind of like katarina to fall in love with him oh my word she would be so much more fulfilled kind of believe so rather than all these other harems who just try to she needs somebody all the time she needs somebody who's willing to say katarina i love you for who you are i love you in a romantic way and yeah. i want to give you kisses right now yeah i feel like everyone else is too scared but giardo do you know he, what he no didn't kiss her he's getting there. i take that back i don't think that she understands words i think she only understands actions so i yeah. need somebody to act that out to her in and a way that will, she will get into her head because it doesn't matter what you say to her all she will hear is blah 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 i'm not climbing a tree today wouldn't it be cool if you <laughs> climbed a tree today i'm gonna go climb a tree then okay sounds great she really is all about climbing trees she's like man if that giordo and i get married then i can't climb trees anymore i swear like, G- girl giordo's like with you by my side i will rule this kingdom and together we will have everything 
you could ever dream. I love you so deeply. I'll never, until we have our wedding cake together and she'll hear blah, 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 so blah, here, blah, cake. I can't blah, climb blah, blah. trees anymore. <laughs> I can't farm anymore. Blah, Whatever. blah, blah, cake. Blah, blah, blah. Cake? Did someone say cake? Katerina. We should have I love cake. Her. She's so dense, but she's so, I love her so much. I'm not going to lie. I totally get why she's got like a harem of 10 people. Yeah, honestly. I get it. She, she's just so dense. I'd join. I'd join her harem. I'm already in her harem. Oh. I'm fighting. Well, I cannot good, believe Jono Good luck. Because there's like so many people in there. All right. Last but certainly not least, we watched the new Demon Slayer episode one of season two. It's officially season two. Finally. This is this real. This is the entertainment district, district arc. arc. Let me tell you, this was a pretty good episode. Tanjiro goes and headbutts Rengoku's dad. A lot of stuff happened in this episode. Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, yes, you go. Don't let Rengoku's dad talk trash about your friend Rengoku. Like, no, put him in his place. Don't let even people's dads talk trash about your friend. So that was cool. And then you learned that there's this secret sun breathing thing that Tanjiro has no idea about, but it's, you know, obviously foreshadowing to uh, a power he must have somewhere. Well, can I? I just say that I did not expect this first episode to be so good. I was expecting a lot less, Same. but I was both expecting to not be impressed, but then also feeling as though if I wasn't extremely impressed, like they did something wrong because Demon Slayer has gotten to the point where it is one of the biggest pieces of cultural history of Japan at this point. It's made so much money for so many people that if it doesn't continue hitting it out of the park, then it's doing something wrong. They have a lot of pressure on them at this point. Ufotable. They have to hit it out of the park. And you know, here's the thing. I thought that this was a good first episode. I thought Muzin being shown and he's part of this family now as a child, which weird because we saw him with his own family, like wife and kids. So I'm little interested about that so that was interesting to see but there were a couple moments that I didn't particularly like like I did not like how there was this deep moment that just happened with Rengoku's dad learning the last thing that Rengoku had said to him basically to tell him and then cut right to yeah and he he doesn't drink the sake right after beating his son after doing sake it was like this really deep family moment really deep yeah Rengoku was like please take care of yourself dad and so he stopped himself from drinking the sake more sake than he already had the series had been like leading up to that moment for a long time and listen I know this is a shonen but like literally two seconds later total tonal shift that I did not like where the guy who made Tanjiro's sword is furious at him for losing his sword again and comes after him and chases him around for a long time and it's just like this really goofy moment and this is something that I've seen other shonen anime do I mean like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood does it but I feel like they let you sit in the feeling a lot more and they allow for a lot of serious moments and then they skip to a goofy moment between those moments do you know what I'm saying yeah absolutely but Demon Slayer I feel like does the thing that annoys me where it doesn't let you have an emotional moment because it takes it away right away you're like oh that was emotional boom haha funny like I hate that I don't want that I want to sit and feel sad about what just happened I don't want it to just be like erased right off the bat and so I didn't like that and then the Hashira at the end another thing I didn't like is kidnapping the girls for some reason mm-hmm. says that he needs female warriors and then he does really weird 
weird. It doesn't. I did not understand And that. then he doesn't even take one that was one. And then Tanjiro and Nosuke and Zenitsu come and they're like, we'll do it. We'll do whatever you need. And he's like, all right, well, you better listen to me. And then he smacks the girl on the butt. Yeah, the like middle school girl. Yeah, that he has flung over his shoulder, unable to escape. And he smacks her on the butt. And it's like, why was that necessary? Did, I feel like I misunderstood what was happening because that does not make you know, sense. It was weird and uncomfortable. And it kind of like ruined the, the episode for yeah, me. Yeah, it a little ruined bit. the entire episode. The second that we saw that, we were like all about it. And then all of a sudden, he yeah. smacked her butt. And we just couldn't get over it for the rest of the episode. Well, it kind of was like towards the end of the episode. I'm like, wow, this really like tainted my experience and made me feel uncomfortable. And now I don't like this dude. And I have a feeling that he's, this guy's he's like the be... main guy of the arc. I guess you I'll gotta just have get to ignore it. that part. Or yeah, something. we have to get over it if we're going to enjoy the rest of the series. But yeah. like, that's going to sit in our head for the rest of the arc. It's not pleasant. It was just weird. It felt like it was so unnecessary and like so awkward, especially given the situation of her being kidnapped and him having her over his shoulder. It was just so weird. And she's a young child and he's obviously like a man. But I will say that I was very impressed with the entire episode other than that one part. I am very critical of pacing. And I think that this episode was almost masterful in its pacing. It didn't feel rushed, but a lot happened. Here's like a lot the thing. got done. I mentioned that I lowered my expectations, which is something I never do with Demon Slayer. Right. But the first episode of any season that isn't the first season sucks. Very I don't know true. if you've ever watched anime. The first season, first episode is almost always great. But the second season, first episode is always garbage, especially when a lot of stuff has happened or happened in between. That is so true. Like Shippuden episode one even is not that great. But it's like, okay, well, it's going to warm up, right? This anime warmed up and they did a really clever thing. There's no way to fit all that stuff into an episode so they just doubled the length yeah they made they doubled the length 46 minutes genius and yeah you have to have all of these answers to questions from mugen train otherwise it'll take the whole season to get through them but we saw what happened to ren goku's family great now i don't have to worry about that anymore we now know what happened to tanjiro's sword okay we have the answer to that we now know is tanjiro in trouble with his master that made his sword yep we have the answer to that we now know does tanjiro have a new sword yep we have an answer to that we now know. And then the three of them are training before they move on again. Are they going to go to a new master and like go to some kind of new thing? Yep. We have the answer to that. What happened to the demon from Mugen Train? We, we know the answer to that. I feel like all of the questions I had leaving Mugen Train, like, well, geez, this doesn't clarify all this at all. I feel like a single 46 minute episode completely cleared them all in a satisfying way. We got some pretty good action in it. Oh, and the sun breathing style. We got a little bit of that we got a taste yeah. of that we had some really good character moments where we saw some character growth from that dad and we saw some really emotional moment with with for the sure, dad hurting sure. hurting the kid that was really awful and then tanjiro coming in i was saying that i don't think tanjiro has it in him to fight this dad and then he still does and that was really cool i knew he had it in him he's gonna defend his friends he doesn't let mm -hmm. you talk crap about his friends yeah he really doesn't i don't know why you. i didn't think that he, if i had stood in that kid for nezuko then i would have understood 
But I, I was thinking, like, oh, it's just some random Yeah, you started kid. talking trash about Rengoku. Well, it's just that this is bro he right had there. never met that kid before. Yeah, I but he think. met Rengoku. When it started getting about I know, Rengoku, I know, that's when it I turned. Know. But yeah, that was cool. And then at the end, there was this cool moment. The uh, three of them jumped in to, like, say that they would go in her place in this really cool way. The animation, I felt like, was good in this episode. Although I felt like they mostly reused animation from Mugen Train. So I'm excited to see a lot of the newer animation. Also, I'm really interested to see what this new guy can do i thought it was an excellent first episode i have not seen very many first episodes that are like that in terms of how mm-hmm. interesting they are so i didn't feel good. quite as strongly about it but i still thought it was good i'm just so unimpressed by shonen like most of the time with shonen they start running at a certain pace and then they just slow down and nothing happens forever and i felt like this was just satisfying and how it tied up loose ends it did not feel boring the animation quality was up there and like enjoyable and fun Mm -hmm. that bad guys were still bad and scary all that kind of stuff it was good Mm -hmm. i enjoyed it i'm excited to see what the rest of the season brings Mm -hmm, me too all right well that does it for this episode of talk no jutsu so thank you all so much for listening yeah thanks for listening